Before we begin our recording today, we would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we gather, the Wurundjeri, Wolverong and the Bunurong people of the Kulin Nation, and pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. When you Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Dissecting Disney Ditties, a podcast where myself and my guests try to uncover what is the best Disney song. In season one, we tried to discover what was the best Disney song in an animated Disney movie. And now that we're in season two, I'm trying to work out what is the best Disney song written specifically for the Broadway production of a Disney movie. And alongside me today, I would love to welcome back the fantastic Genta. Hey, 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 how you doing? <laughs> hey, there is an audience in my head. Genta. <laughs> just chilling. How you doing? Yeah, good, good. Just um, uh, living life, trying to keep warm. It's Freezing. Yes. Welcome to Melbourne. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's um, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I've been super busy. So it's weird gigs, right? You know, you've all got weird gig stories. Mm. My weird gig story is last week I got paid a lot of money to sing in French. I don't think they quite heard me when I told them no, I don't speak French, because then they employed me. <laughs> to sing in French for Bastille Day. <laughs> and um, when they told me how much they were paying me, I was like, I can sing any language you want. Um, <laughs> and so uh, I spent, I've spent the last couple of weeks absolutely anxiety-ridden about the fact that <laughs> probably 90% of that audience does not speak French. But for that 10%, even maybe 5%, that did put their hands up when one of the girls said, does anyone speak French? And I absolutely shat 10 bricks. Um, That's hilarious. But, oh, my God. But I, I, I got through it and... Um, uh, yeah, it was. It was was there a lot of. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, no, I did. Um, I did get out. I dreamed a dream in French, oh. as it was originally intended. And reading the um, the translation, so from French to English, so not the the Western translation that we know, yeah. the literal translation. I actually, pardon me. I actually cried reading it. Like it's so, it's so sad. It's simple and sad. Yeah, right. Uh, so yeah, it's worth. Looking, looking it up. Lots gets lost. A lot of things get lost in translation. Yeah. Well, in, they just have to be languages. rewritten to, to rhyme, for yeah, example. Yeah, yeah. Um, or to just make more sense because kind of grammatically they don't work or... Yeah, my, my favourite one was... Uh, it's and uh, So the, the verse that we know is, and still I dream he'll come to me and we will live our years together, but there are some dreams that cannot be and there are storms we cannot weather, is actually... Uh, how's it go? And one day I, I dream about the day he'll return and say he's full of regrets and he's really sorry. Yeah, right. But then with the rising of the dawn, my dream dies, just like lanterns die at the end of a party. Wow. And I just, I thought, I, for some reason, I found that really profound. Yeah, that's. And singing it in French, you feel really like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's really special. <laughs> it's like it? a guitar, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was my, my interesting week last week <laughs> that's awesome yeah that's so, crazy yeah. anyway enough about talking about weird french gigs what are we here to discuss today the beauty and the beast <laughs> we actually sorry one more thing we opened the gig with be our guest in french 
Oh, beautiful. The opening <laughs> verse in French. We weren't going to learn the whole thing. That's crazy. But uh, all I remember is c'est la fête, c'est la fête. Frenchy, 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 French. But it actually <laughs> means instead of be our guest, it's it's a feast. Oh, it's a feast. It's a it's feast. A feast. <laughs> oh. oh, just take a bite. <laughs> That's not be our guest. <laughs> That's cannibalism, <laughs> you bastard. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Uh, that's so lost in translation, yeah. <laughs> I was like, fet? Is that guess? And I was like, no, that's feast. Okay, it's feast. We're talking about Beauty and the Beast, the musical that came out in 1994. I actually remember seeing this when it came to Australia, starring Hugh Jackman as Gaston. Did you see that? No, I did not. And yeah. I wish I did, actually. Um, yeah, you'd probably remember it more than me if you did. Yeah. I was like, ha, <laughs> huh, six? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, I would have been probably Older a teenager, definitely. <laughs> yeah. um, I, do, I don't remember much. The thing I remember most prominently from seeing Beauty and the Beast, starring Hugh Jackman, <laughs> Michael Cormick, and Rachel Beck, mm. was the fact that I got a cushion so I could be <laughs> taller on the seat. That's, that is a really great thing to be proud of, oh. I think. You know, the, the thing that you remember too. Is, is it you remember the most? I got a cushion that for is, my I, seat. I remember I felt so important because I got a cushion so I could sit higher in my seat. Oh, my gosh. And that is the core memory I have from that show. <laughs> I have no recollection of seeing Hugh Jackman and I have no recollection of seeing anything except I remember the castle turning around in what I'm going to assume was in If I Can't Love Her. Mm. I don't remember the beast being on it. I just, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I know, and it makes me so mad because it would have been incredible. Yeah, you were just too young for it, I guess. Yeah, but I loved it was always, always, and to this day is my favourite Disney movie, now yep. next to Moana. But yeah. I just, I lose it every time. Every time I see that gold dress, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm done. I'm out. Yes. Yeah. Which doesn't really reappear in the, the stage shows. It, it sort of does, but it's a very, uh, very 90s interpretation. Yeah. Big time, actually. Big, big yeah, time. that's a good call. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. How much more juice can we add to yeah, this? Yeah, yeah. Let's do puffy sleeves. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to be fair, they were trying to base it more on traditional 18th century French garb, but I just don't think we needed it. No. And, you know, now if you look at the, the modern dress, um, when I did the, or when we did the Beauty and the Beast episode back in season one, I put on Facebook, rate your favourite bell dress. And it was really interesting to see how much less fabric has been used over the years because that dress weighed uh, some incredible – I actually have it in my stats, but uh, I'll save that in my stats. I'll save that for my stats, how heavy that dress was. But before we jump into the stats – Yes. Shall we do this? I still laugh that that, that piece of music was used in – I'm pretty sure it was a McDonald's ad. <laughs> was it really? Yeah. Obviously, without the Disney drinks. Oh, yeah, without Disney drinks, but yeah. (laughs) Okay, so today 
I have done something a little different, a, a debut for the Dissecting <laughs> Disney podcast because we have two different cocktails before yes, us. Yes, we do. I am holding the beauty. Mm-hmm. You are holding the beast. The beast. So, to make the beauty, this is for all the people who like fruity things like me and unfortunately Genta, who's drinking the beast. <clears throat> you will need three ounces of limoncello, three ounces of vodka, half an ounce of lemon juice, one drop of rose water, and half an ounce of Chambord liqueur, my favourite thing in the world. So to begin, grab a shaker, fill it with ice, add in all of your ingredients except the Chambord, shake it like a Polaroid picture. (laughs) Then, (laughs) pour in your, that's gonna age really well. (laughs) Pour in your Chambord into the bottom of the glass. Then using the back of a bar spoon in the side of the martini glass, slowly pour the rest of your ingredients from the shaker into the glass raising the spoon as the level of the liquid raises to get some sort of cool layered cocktail effect that I unfortunately did not achieve (laughs) because I've never, ever, ever successfully poured something over the back of a spoon and made it look like the picture. Who thinks of that, honestly? I don't know. Who who can actually do that? Uh, Yeah, I've seen it a couple of times in some bars. Yeah, I think uh, Photoshop does it really well as well. In the beast, you will need one ounce of whiskey, one ounce of rum, half an ounce of amaretto, three ounces of root beer, some simple syrup and some sanding sugar. The simple syrup and sanding sugar are merely decorative if you want to use it. Run some simple syrup around the edge of your glass, put some gold sanding sugar on a plate, run your glass in the plate and you'll have a magical golden rim. I didn't do that because I couldn't be bothered, sorry. Oh. Then, fill a shaker with ice, add all of the liquor into the shaker, that's excluding the root beer, or as we know in Australia, sarsaparilla. (laughs) Sorry, you're about to drink this. And then you're going to pour all of that into a glass, add the root beer, and enjoy. Now, mine is a delightful lemon colour. Would you like to describe the colour of the drink you have? Uh, it's, it's brown. (laughs) (laughs) I think I sort of did get the late effect in that. It's a lot darker down the bottom than it is at the top. You did. I've sort of got it. Tiny bit down the bottom. It's a a little bit Belle's ball gown, especially because I've got these beautiful twisty glasses. Oh, yes, it is. Anyway, I raise a toast. Cheers. Here we go. Let's drink it like (laughs) they drink the soup in Beauty and the Beast. (laughs) Oh god, uh, I can't even <laughs> sip it now. You know how they, they it. raise it in the air yeah. and they drink out of the <laughs> sentient. <laughs> the crockery all dances in me, I guess. Are they drinking <laughs> off someone's face? <laughs> I reckon. Yum. <laughs> okay, how would you rate that? I give it a solid. Is it out of 10 or 5? <laughs> you choose. <laughs> All right, out of 10. 
it's a six and a half now. Oh, really? Yeah, it's gone up. Okay. Yep. When I say gone up, I may have had a cheeky <laughs> sip before and really turned my nose up. Um, <clears throat> the flavour, quite robust. Mm. <laughs> um, it's actually got a very, it's, I think, I think the rum's actually playing a lot in the sip at the moment, which is quite nice. Um, so does it taste like I'm sarsaparilla not a, or I'm does not it kind a, of kill Yeah, the it's sort of getting in there once you get into the drink. But I feel like I'm not a sars- sarsaparilla person, but I think now that it's sort of mixed a bit better, yeah, it's in, in there together. It's quite nice. Nice. Mm. Mm. Well, mine is great if you like lemon because there's a lot of limoncello and there's actual lemon juice, which I did squeeze from a freshly picked lemon from my mother's tree. Oh. And uh, it's really nice, but it's very lemony. If you hate lemon, you would hate mm. this drink. Mm. I like lemon in, in small doses. But is, there, is, it, is that making it bitter? It's not bitter though. Okay. Yeah, it's just got a very lemony kick. Uh, <laughs> 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 what is in these drinks? Oh my god, that's great! All okay, right. let's leave that and let's jump into some stats. Yay! Stats with stackers, yeah. Stats with stackers. Wrong key. A little bit sharp. Okay, so Beauty and the Beast, the musical, first debuted in March of 1994 at the Palace Theatre on Broadway. It then officially opened in the same theatre in April 1994 and it closed after 46 previews and just under 5,500 performances. Wow. Mm, Ran for a long time. That's... That is a long time. It is a really long time. How many shows per week? Eight. I don't know if it's always been eight since the nineties, but I would yeah, just that's assume. What I would be curious about too. Mm. Well, that's a lot. That's a lot of shows. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it is. I think it's still in the top ten longest running Broadway shows. Yeah, I think it's still in the top ten. If it is, it's probably around the ten mark. But yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if it's just been bumped out. The music is by Alan Menken. The lyrics are by Howard Ashman with additional lyrics by Tim Rice. Interestingly, this is, I think it's a rare case where all of the songs from the film have been transferred to Broadway. Yeah. Which I'm just trying to think like in Aladdin, did that happen? In Lion King, did that happen? Lion King, most most of Lion King was there. The Hula song was gone. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can, yep, yep, yep. And so there's like a weird, there's a weird song in there that doesn't need to be in there. So yeah, okay, Lion King is missing a song because I count that as a song. Yeah, okay. In Aladdin, they might all be in there. I think they're all in there. Yeah. One, two. Oh, that being said though, there's only one, two, There's not three, many songs in Aladdin, is there? Four songs. Yeah, there's not a lot. Yeah, one jump ahead. Arabian Nights, Friend Like Me, Prince Ali, A Whole New World. There's five. Five. Whereas this has eight, which is a lot. And then they wrote six six new songs for the show. Yeah. Which were penned by Tim Rice, who I must say does a pretty good job of matching Howard Ashman's 
style. Yes, big time. Yeah, yeah. I think when we did Aladdin, the songs that were written by Chad Bigulin stuck out like dog's balls. Yeah. And we were not a fan with it, fan of them and they were easily the weakest songs in the musical. Whereas these, I find it's pretty seamless. Yeah, yeah. It, it runs through really well. Like that's what, that was one of the comments I was going to make is that it, you would almost think that they were in the original score yeah. of, the sh- of the show. So Yeah. Or of the musical. Well, mm. Cartoon. <laughs> the car- it feels so demeaning. To I know. Cartoon. cartoon, yeah. Especially Animation, sorry. Especially when this sorry. was nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards. Yeah. Like, cartoon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was directed by Robert Jess Roth. And in the cast, we had Susan Egan, who most people will probably know as the voice of Megara in Hercules. Yes. She's Meg. If there's a prize for rotten judgment, I guess I've already won that. And I remember doing that episode and talking about how they didn't want to give it to her because they thought she was too nice and princessy. Then she did this really sassy take and realised, yeah, she's... She's she's the one. She's the girl. Terence Mann stars as the Beast. Now, Terence Mann has a really bloody impressive resume. So he's played a lot of things on Broadway, but these are the roles he originated. The Rum Tum Tugger in Cats on Broadway. Yes. I have to specify that because the West End obviously came first. Javert in Les Mis on Broadway. Yes. I knew I knew the voice. And I am Javert. Do not forget my name. Do not forget me. Two, four, six, oh, one. Chauvelin in Scarlet Pimpernel. Brain and no, never kneel, never bend. Brend him to bitch, fight. Oh, the beauty of the fight. I'm not a man to hunger for blood, but the spirit can cry to be younger and fiercer and fly, piercing into the sky. Really? Yes. Oh, Which on. I played auditions for that not too long ago and the amount of If I Can't Love Hers that I heard <laughs> in that room. <laughs> and he was also Mal in The Adams Family, who I think is the father of Lucas. In the arms of a squid, I touched my secret longing. Oh, really? Now, he's right. played a lot of other roles, but just the fact he originated all of those is mind-blowing <coughs> yeah, to me. Yeah. And he originated The Beast in Beauty and the Beast. No pain could be deeper. No life could be cheaper. No point anymore. Do that. Like how... I suppose you do it so well the you first time. Then I'm pretty sure he met his wife in Cats as well. Like he's just oh, had wow. that perfect kind of yeah, life. Yeah. yeah. Burke Moses was Gaston. God, he was perfect. He's great. Gary Beach played Lumiere. Is he the guy? Is that no? What are you thinking? Because you might be right. I was thinking producers. Yes. Yeah. What role? Yes. No. No. Roger. Roger. Debris. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yeah. he's Roger yeah, Debris. He was Roger. the original right. Roger Debris on Broadway and he played <coughs> it in the film as well. Oh, yes, he did too. Yes, he did. Yes. Yes. Love me some Gary Beach. Yes. No matter what you do on the stage, keep it light, keep it bright, keep it gay. He's great. He is great. So animated. 
Mm, yeah, really, really great character actor. And he's so good. He looks fabulous in that Eiffel Tower dress. Uh, no, Empire State Building. Excuse. Yes. Empire State Building. Excuse. Which is one of my favourite all-time Broadway costumes. I just think it's so over the top and amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mrs. Potts was played by Beth Fowler. Now, I knew I knew that name mm. and she is – did you ever watch Orange is the New Black? Yes. She's the sister, isn't she? She is. She's yeah, sister in- right. Ingalis. 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 Yeah, she and was great. from memory, in that she's too. a really horrible person, isn't she, in the uh, show? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit dominating. Labels. They told me that they'd reconsider letting me back in the church if I showed contrition in prison, but – Bad habits die hard. Bad habits, get it? Yeah. It was a long time that I ago that I watched Orange. I'm pretty sure. Mm, yeah. She was yeah. also the original Marion in The Boy From Oz on Broadway. Baby cried the day the circus came to town. Again, really? specifying on Broadway oh, that's originated here in what I think is a much poorer version of the show. <laughs> <laughs> it was really weird. I played auditions for that recently. <laughs> And they were talking about how much they hated the Broadway version. Don't listen to the Broadway version. Mm. And they, I, everyone's like, yeah, yeah, we hate the Broadway version. And I was like, I'll just keep my thoughts to myself. <laughs> oh, my God. I just – I find the Australian version, it doesn't really know what it wants to be. Like it's it starts as a concert as Peter Allen. This is what – it does what Beautiful did really well, whereas Beautiful starts as a concert. Yeah. It's Carol King and she goes, we're going to talk about my life. And then it's her whole life story leading back to that concert. Whereas Boy From Oz starts as the concert, does a bit of story, goes back to the concert, goes, does a bit of story, goes back to the concert. And I just find it a little bit janky. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's that's my two cents. Also, Liza Minnelli's song is so much better in the Broadway version. Yes. So much better. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me. Anyway, yeah, <clears throat> at me all you want, people. Oh, I stand by it. <laughs> As Hogworth, Hog, Hogsworth. <laughs> Cogsworth, not Hogsworth. Isn't that? No, that's Hogsbreath. Hogs, uh, I'm thinking Hogsbreath restaurant. Um, and Hogwarts is Hog, the, Hogwarts the school is, in Harry Potter, isn't it? Yes. And Cogsworth is the character that, that's a clock. Uh, oh, and that yes. was played by Heath Lambert. It's because I saw Heath and then I said Hogs, Hogs <laughs> far out. I need another drink. You should have said Hogs Heath. Uh. <laughs> LeFou was played by Kenny Raskin. And LeFou in uh, Beauty and the Beast is currently playing in Australia. And my friend Nick Cox is playing LeFou. So oh, shout out to him. He probably doesn't listen to the show. But shout out to him and his lovely fiance Kathleen. They're beautiful people. Maurice is played by Tom Bosley. Now, I know you like Tom Bosley. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's Mr. Cunningham out of Happy Days. Oh my god. And anyway, we can get into that later. But No, go for it. Go for it. I was just gonna say his his manner on stage is like you can see like you can see that he's really good at being a dad. Yeah. Uh, and acting as a dad, I guess. But yeah, like it really comes through, it shines on the on the stage too. He's so. super warm. Yeah, yeah. Super warm. So good. He also, for those who like Murder, She Wrote, is Sheriff Am- yes. Amos Tupper. Yes. Yes. So da, if you've da, got a mum, you've probably da, da, seen that da, show. Da, 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 da. Yeah, I saw that a lot when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Babette was played by Stacey Logan. Great Babette. name. <laughs> Madame La Grande de la Bouche, who I didn't realise does not have a name in the movie. Oh, no. Okay. She's just the She's wardrobe. She's just the wardrobe, yeah. That was played by Eleanor Glockner. Right. And Chip was played by Brian Press. I found this really interesting. Mm. There was only one Chip in the original Broadway production. What? Yeah. This is obviously wow. before the laws came in how <clears throat> kids – now I think there's like three or four Chips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. So that kid how did, did eight shows that? a week. How crazy is that? Wow. Mm. That's mind-blowing. When it went on tour, there were two. So it obviously yeah. didn't last long, but – yeah, that's but one, how one how old would if he how old would he have been then? Oh, uh, in the show he looks like he's what ten? Yeah, ten, eleven, twelve, around there. Mm, uh, yeah, not 12, not twelve, probably ten. Yeah, yeah I think he wow. could be small. Yeah, that's a lot to ask of a little kid, isn't it? It is. Wow, back okay. in the day, yeah, great. Yeah, well, I, and I Good just on. think how draining to be a child and do eight shows a week. Did like, he I go think, on to do anything else? No, he didn't have a Wikipedia page, so I assume no. Oh. Yeah, he got burnt out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it doesn't mean you didn't do anything if you don't no. have a Wikipedia page. No, I'm no, just no. saying, you know. A couple of high school shows. And it's shows. not like they <laughs> use Wikipedia. I, I went to school. They told me not to use Wikipedia. Just, well, what do you mean? I do deep dive research into academic. No, oh, not shit. anymore. Next to me God, the amount of GTP. academic essays I read for season one. Yeah. Insane. Yeah. Insane. I did put in the work. Season two, I'm just kicking back because I know Broadway. I've got Broadway. <laughs> Brian Press, he's nobody. <laughs> 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 oh man! Oh, okay. I can, this is good. Just miss I'm gonna have another drink. <laughs> <laughs> I miss schools. Eh? <laughs> Songs you will recognize, aside from the obvious. I've heard a lot of renditions of Home. Mm. Surprising, because I think a change in me is a kind of cooler, cooler <laughs> song. And uh, I think. If I Can't Love Her is big purely because I heard it a lot in the Scarlet Pimpernel auditions. Yes. Is that a big song with guys? Uh, yeah, it is. Have you ever sung it? No. You sound good singing it. Ah, thanks. I will give it a go. Yeah. Uh, three, four. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay, on to awards. Tony, 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 Tony. I love it because he goes ah, at the end <laughs> and that's Gary Beach. <laughs> oh, it is too. Okay, so for the drama desks, this was nominated for a lot of awards and won next to none of them. And whilst I read them out, I want you to try and think what musical ate it alive in 1994. That's outstanding. Okay. It was nominated at the drama desks for <laughs> outstanding. <laughs> Musical. I'll never get over it. <laughs> outstanding actor. Outstanding actress. Outstanding featured actress. Uh, actor. Fucking. Outstanding <laughs> featured actor being Burke Moses for Gaston. Outstanding Ooh. choreography. Outstanding orchestrations. Jesus. Outstanding lyrics. Outstanding music. It was known for outstanding everything. Outstanding sound design and outstanding special effects. What? It didn't win anything. Think early 90s. I'll let you keep thinking whilst I go to the Tony Awards. Tony, 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 Tony. Tony. Mm. <laughs> it was nominated for Best Musical, Best Book, Best Original Score, Best Leading Actor, Best Leading Actress, Best Featured Actor for Gary Beach's Lumiere, mm. Best Direction, Best Lighting Design, and it won Best Costume Design. 
Okay, I can what see that. What was the yep. big musical of 1994? 94? I thought, is it, wasn't 94 a bit of a no, nothing year? No. Oh, uh, fuck this up so bad. Okay, Miss Scoos. Yeah. I can't be bothered reading all that again and cutting out all my references right. to think of what musical was big. Because hmm. I'm thinking of the biggest musical of 1991, which will you'll, it'll make yeah. sense when I get to my stats. <laughs> it was beaten out for best musical by Stephen Sondheim's Passion. Oh, Passion. Loving you is not a choice. It's who I am. Yes. Not Carousel? No, Carousel was a revival that year. Ah, uh, it was. I need to thank Nicholas Heitner for trusting me and trusting non-traditional casting. His name is Mr. Snow, and an upstanding man is he. He comes home every night in his round-bottom boat with a net full of herring from the sea. Oh, but good pick. I remember that, yeah, that era. Yeah. So I'm just trying to think like passion, Jesus. Okay, cool. But then, wow, uh, just one best costume in the Tonys. Best costume, yeah. What the hell? Best leading actress went to Donna Murphy in Passion because Donna Murphy is queen, bow down bitches. Yes. Um, best score went to Passion. Passion kind of won a lot of things. So Passion was the big hit of that year. Wow. What I was thinking of was the biggest <laughs> musical of 1991, which will be relevant once I get into my actual stats. So my uh, actual stats are how this musical came about. So I'm going to go backwards a little bit in Disney history because it'll, it'll help make sense of this. So in the 1970s and 80s, this is a bit of rehashing from my animated Disney episode. Yeah. 1970s and 80s, Disney is – the animation arm is plummeting. In fact, the whole company is kind of in trouble because the the focus is kind of going into live action and the animated uh. movies aren't doing too well and they're doing surveys and teenagers are saying, I want to be caught dead near a Disney movie, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so they appoint Michael Eisner as CEO and he doesn't have any animation background but he does have a theatre background. He was a theatre major, I think it's in college. Yep. I was going to say university, but then they don't use that word over there. <laughs> and he decides true. that to turn it around, he's going to employ people with theatrical backgrounds. So he employs Howard Ashman and Alan Menken because yep. he's seen Little Shop of Horrors and obviously Little Shop of Horrors was a massive success. Yeah. And they decide that they're going to – they're given The Little Mermaid and they decide they're going to make it uh, – they're going to write it in the style of a Broadway musical. And what do you know? It is a massive success. Yeah. Absolute smash hit. Breaks a lot of records. So they decide, okay, we're going to write the rest of our shows like this and uh, Michael Eisner is really happy with it and he says, yep, we're going to keep the team. So they're handed Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast. They start working on Aladdin, then they're told Beauty and the Beast is actually going to go first. So they – start writing Beauty yep. and the Beast, which is why Howard Ashman actually passed away right before Beauty and the Beast came out, but he had songs in Aladdin because they started Aladdin Earlier. first. Yeah. So the executive vice president, Ron Logan, whilst Beauty and the Beast is being written, so it hasn't even come out yet, says to Michael Eisner, we should make this a Broadway musical. And Michael Eisner says, no, not going to work. Not interested. <clears throat> 
Then the movie comes out and smashes every kind of box office record and is the first film to be nominated, animated film to be nominated for Best Picture. And here are the nominees for the Best Picture. Beauty and the Beast, Don Hahn producer. And a New York Times critic named Frank Rich wrote in his review that it was the best Broadway score of 1991. And... When you think about it, like there wasn't a lot of competition in 1991. Like there'd been um, other reviews commenting on how poor the quality of Broadway was in 1991. But there was one smash hit musical in 1991 that came out. Any guesses as to what it was? I can't actually believe it's this old, to be honest. It's a Cameron Mackintosh. Mm. It's actually coming here later this year. The city. Is it? Oh, uh, no. Not chess. Not chess at all. It's. Uh, Miss Saigon. Miss Saigon. <laughs> yeah, Miss Saigon was 1991, and so was The Secret Garden, which I find is it's interesting to say the best Broadway score of 1991 was Beauty and the Beast, because I actually think I love the score of Miss Saigon. I think it's great. Mm. I think the show is iffy. I hate that they. They meet each other and within two seconds we are two love ballads in about saxophones and also <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. But <laughs> but um I think the score of The Secret Garden is incredible. Beautiful. It's Absolutely so gorgeous. Incredible. And such an underrated show. Yeah. And I truly believe the only reason that it didn't do as well as something like Miss Saigon is because it wasn't produced by Cameron McIntosh. It just didn't have that budget and that weight yeah. behind it. Yeah. Because if I had to pick between the two shows, I think I would pick The Secret Garden. Race you to the top of the morning. Come sit on my shoulders and ride. Run and hide, I'll come and find you. Climb hills to remind you. I love you, my boy, at my side. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I really like The Secret Garden. It's such a beautiful musical. Incredible. And written by two women. Yeah. Scored by two women. It's pretty rare. Yeah, big time. So because of that review, Eisner and Katzenberg decide actually maybe we will go ahead with this as a musical. Now I talked about uh, the musicals and how the theatre came about with the Lion King episode, which you were my guest on. Mm-hmm. So... Remember, we were talking about how they bought the oh the theater, the, the New Amsterdam yeah, theater. Yeah, yep, yep. Where all the homeless people were, yeah. and, the, and the prostitutes, and, <laughs> and they like said that. we'll yeah, put yeah. the Lion King in here now. And obviously, yeah. that didn't happen because it took years to restore. Mm. So the first musical they put on was actually Beauty and the, the Beast. Beast. That's right. And they they were looking for a director, and basically, what they wanted was quite a literal translation of what you see in the film. We want it on stage, right? So they didn't want a super creative director. This sounds awful. Yeah, they hired Robert Jess Roth because he directed musicals at the theme parks and literally <laughs> thought he won't say no to what we want. Yeah, doesn't that make him seem such a small fish? Like yeah. that, that's oh, I feel like that's an awful thing to say. That is, yeah. But they wanted someone who wasn't going to be like a Susan Stroman who comes in with these <laughs> strong ideas. Who just say yes, I'll do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. And he had actually previously suggested they make Mary Poppins a musical, and they rejected it. Oh wow! Yeah, how interesting. Oh, so happened many years later. <laughs> 
So like I said before, there's eight songs from the film that have all been pulled across and there's six new uh, six new songs that have been lyricized. Lyricized? Is that a word? That's a word. Lyricized yeah. by Tim Rice. Originally, this was a 26-piece orchestra. Now, this was orchestrated by Danny Trube, who also did the orchestrations for Aladdin and also did the films of Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast. I talked a bit about his CV last week. Mm. Have a guess what that's been reduced to now in the current revival touring production. There was originally 26. Yeah. There was a first trumpet, second trumpet, a trom- two trombones, three French horns. That's the 26 version, um, <laughs> which I played, I played about four years ago, five years ago uh, with PLOS, I think. Mm. or one of those companies with the full orchestration. It was divine. And I played it again recently, the reduced score. I think it's 12. Is it 14? 12 or 14 or something like that? 10. Less. Oh, my God. 26. Yeah, because it's keyboards. Down to 10. Yeah. Is it four keyboards, three keyboards? Two keyboards. Two keyboards. Two keyboards, two woodwind, one trombone. Yep. That switches to... Doubles bass trombone. Yes. One correct. French horn. Yes. One trumpet. Yes. What a crime. One trumpet. Yeah, with piccolo and... One yeah. violin, one cello. Yes. And a drummer who doubles percussion. Yes. It's so, so brought down. It's And it's... Can I just say, it's... I, I really don't like it when they reduce the score so much because it, every, everybody then um, is so exposed. Yeah, yeah. And... And it's not covered by anything, you know. You don't you don't have backup. You don't feel confident sometimes, and it makes it really hard to feel confident. Well, especially um, when the original orchestration had six violins yeah. and two cellos, yeah. and now you have one of each. Three French horns, dude. Yeah. Like who does that? Yeah, beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Crazy. And obviously that would have been because when films orchestrate, often they have 30, 40, 50 yeah. piece orchestras because yeah. they can fit an entire orchestra into a sound studio. So obviously it was very heavily based on that. If anything, they probably just had a larger string orchestra, a string section because normally you would have, you know, what, nearly 20 string players in an mm. orchestra? Yeah. In a full oh, professional Oh, definitely, orchestra. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that hurts me. And I think we, we've watched a bit of the original and the revival and you can tell it's just so... It, it's lost that grandeur. Yes. And not only in the orchestration, but yeah. it has lost that that grandeur. And again, it's about space. It's about money um, and the ability to tour and travel, you know, uh, flying 10 musicians around the world, around the country. So yeah. And flying 26 and gear, so much gear. And yeah, it hurts me to see like, you know, drums and percussion are now one person. Yeah. <sighs> I love a, f- a proper percussion yeah. part. Uh, yeah, mallet they're just percussion. Surrounded just by tune percussion is beautiful. So cool. So yeah. cool. I mean, and the the other like the other one that I played not long ago was the UK tour version of which is the reduced score of um, Les Mis, mm. and it's just like it's not there. It's no. not the same at all ever. Yeah, as soon as you hear bum bum, it's just so much weaker than what you used to. And I sp- I think especially because. Shows like Les Mis and like Chess, oh my goodness, Chess, yeah. where they do these concert versions with these proper orchestras. Like they're yeah. not a pit orchestra, they are an orchestra. It hurts to then jump into a pit with just a handful yeah. of musicians and it's, it's just crazy. not the same. You can play, play as loud as you want but it, you can't get that thickness yeah. in, um, or that density in the, in the texture of the music anymore. It's no. just gone. Yeah, it's, it's sad. Yeah. Sad. 
I mean, I'm a I'm a keyboard player. I'm a synth player. So. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> Three trumpets. Let's just get one, and I'll play the other two. <laughs> Uh, other fun facts are Susan Egan was 22 years old when she auditioned for this. So they had over, wow. over 500 women audition for Belle, which sounds like a lot, but in my head I'm like, that's not that many. How old like is she supposed to be? Because, I mean, I'm getting – like the cartoon makes her seem like she's 16, 17, 18. Yeah. You know, just verging on adulthood. It's always weird with these films. Like Ariel is literally a teenager and gets married at the end of it. I think they're all kind of teenagers – I mean, she's not going to school, so maybe she is about 20. Yeah, but mate, is there a school there? Because, I mean, she's, she's teaching herself to <laughs> she's read. She's teaching herself to yeah. read, really. They you think know. she's weird because she reads. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's not a school town, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> One thing about our town is you don't have to go to school. <laughs> all the kids want to go. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, like, in the film, all the kids look up to her. I, I, I think I've always thought of her as about 20. Yeah, okay. Mm. So yeah. I think I think that works. Yeah. Uh, she had never seen the film before, which played in her favour because the casting director said they saw so many women who were trying to just emulate O'Hara yeah, yeah, yeah. that they just rejected them instantly. And because she'd never seen the film, which in my opinion would be a massive faux pas, it actually played in her favour because yes. she wasn't trying to imitate anyone because she'd, she'd never seen it. And uh, what I think is a huge lesson from this is that she didn't originally submit because she didn't think she was pretty enough to play a Disney princess. Oh, and off. her agent put her forward. And this is something that I deal with. I do a lot of casual audition coaching. So I see a lot of random students that I don't regularly teach. Yeah. And I recently had one who was auditioning for a production and she said, I obviously can't go for that role. And I said, why not? She said, because I'm not pretty enough. And it just, it makes my blood boil because that is um, just like cultural cultural norms, inverted commas, imposing on young people, especially, I say especially women, but I guess, um, you so know, sad. when it comes to men, it's like, well, you're not muscly enough to play Gaston, you know. Yeah, um, well, you're too big. Like I always <laughs> say, oh, I couldn't play that role because I'm, I'm, I'm a big guy. Yeah. Like I'm not not huge, but I'm, I'm a bigger build. So I'm always like, oh, I could never play that role. And isn't it, isn't it awful because I feel like Broadway, especially have you seen that Beauty and the Beast production that was in America with a, a plus size bell. No. Yeah. Like there are massive changes. I think that was a touring production. Yeah, right. And there are massive things being done in America to try and I guess squash that in terms of not only um, racial diversity but body diversity. Six is a brilliant example mm. of that. Mm. But in Australia we don't – I think we're pushing the cultural diversity but definitely not the – Physical diversity, no. yeah. No. Six being a prime example. It's crazy. Like, it, well, for me, it's crazy to think that, like, if I if I saw something that is out of the norm, I'm, it, it sort of takes me a minute to go, okay, get out of that mindset. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, um, Because at the end of the day. But it's sad that I, I, it takes me that long to go, mm. hang on, just concentrate on the performance, you know, don't worry about you know, the the looks or anything like that. It's because at the end of the it. day, someone like Belle is just a person who lives in France. Yeah, correct. That's it. Correct. It's not like a Tracy Turnblad where the show focuses on what Tracy looks like. Mm. It's just you are a person. And I, I know I've gone through that and I was told I was fat in uni by one of my lect mm. lecturers and I was a size 10. Like mm. if I could go back to being a size 10, I'd love it. <laughs> um, 
but it really it really affects you and I remember um, a friend of mine who is now touring with a major, major international production, and I, I won't name her, incredible dancer, incredible, incredibly fit, one of the fittest, beautiful people. Mm. And she was told when she was training at a very major dance academy to lose weight. And mm. she was a size eight sh- shrug, you know, and uh, it's just, it's, it's awful what... Yeah, what what people are told about what they can and can't be and what sometimes casting directors will will toss out and it's really nice to see in America that they they're trying, they're trying to start to, to that, just yeah. say anyone anyone can come and audition and anyone has a shot and I think that that does wonders for young people because this starts when you're young, you know. Uh, it's but really even, hard to change even the goal to, of people to say that stuff. That's it's yeah. so wrong. Anyway. And you know what that girl I coached was called back for that role. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah, good. good. <laughs> I wanted to smack her over the head. I was like, are you, are you kidding me? Get, yeah. out, get out there. I want you to go for that role. I, yeah, good. And I, I shaped her audition for it and boom, call back. Beautiful. Awesome. I was like, great. You can't ever say that again. She said, okay. Does she listen to the podcast? Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'll tell her that. <laughs> the costumes. The costumes were by Anne Hold. Hold Ward, I think is how you say her name, Miss Goose. Hogsport. Tony Award. Hogsport. Hold. H O U L D, not Hogsward. Hold Ward. Now, there were a lot of issues with this because the pressure was to put the film on stage, which obviously mm. is difficult because it is an adult with uh, household objects, yes. which are this big, and an adult is this big. Yeah. So that was one of the biggest things that she struggled with. But there were a lot of issues. Okay, the ball gown. Yeah. The ball gown weighed 45 pounds. What? It was very, very large on the bottom. It was very heavy on the bottom. Yeah. Because there was so much stuff going on down there to make it really large. That's like 20 kilos. <laughs> My God. It was actually too large to fit in Susan Egan's dressing room. So what would happen is she would come off stage after the, the ball scene and she would put her arms up. And they would lift the ball ground off her and then they would attach it to fly wires and take it up into the ceiling. And that's where it was stored. <laughs> because they and that's it. where Wicked came from. No. <laughs> <laughs> How crazy is that? That's crazy. It was also so heavy that when she turned, the skirt would continue to turn her so she couldn't, she kept going the wrong sort oh of way because she couldn't stop herself because of the movement <laughs> of the skirt. Hilarious. Uh, um, the enchanted objects were super, super heavy and limited movement. And for Mrs. Potts, she had to have her arm up in the teapot position. So they had chiropractors and therapists oh on God. standby for every show yeah, yeah. to help her work her shoulder when she wasn't on stage. Because those objects are on. Once they're on, they are on for a lot of the show. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, Lumiere. <laughs> so Gary Beach uh, compared it to having two Christmas hands and holding them up for two hours. Wow. They were really, really heavy. And there was one show where they had um, pyrotechnics, obviously, because he can light yes, real yeah, flames. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of his hands actually caught on fire and he didn't notice because the costume was so thick. Oh. And Cogsworth was trying to tell him by using like head gestures to be like, dude, look at your, your arms on fire. Fucking <laughs> hell. In the middle of that's crazy. Oh, my <laughs> God. <didn't> <laughs> wow. This is obviously like now there are I, – I can't remember what the, 
their job is cool, but their job is to make sure that absolutely everything is fire retardant. Yeah. So every piece of costume set, like that's their job to make sure so nothing should. will catch on fire. But obviously, <laughs> that did not fire apply out. That one to missed, his missed candelabra costume and the costume caught on that's fire. That's crazy. Oh, my God. <laughs> and that's why those people have a job. Um <laughs> I love this quote. So, Terence, there's this really fantastic interview with Seth. Uh, Seth, uh, I've forgotten his surname, but he does a lot of Broadway stuff. He's a he's uh, a musical director oh, no. and a pianist. And during lockdown, he mm. did all these amazing Zoom calls reuniting Broadway cast, original Broadway cast. Yes. And he did one for Beauty and the Beast. And this is where Terence Mann was talking about his costume. Now, his costume was a crap ton of prosthetics at the start. And if you see the original, original costume, his whole face is prosthetics and the only parts of his face <laughs> that move are his eyeballs. Yeah. Not his whole eyes, just no, his, eyeballs his eyeballs and his lips. Not lips, his whole yeah. mouth, just his lips move. <laughs> and it's so funny. Can you stop doing that? <laughs> just his lips. Because like nothing else is you moving. You hear it too. Because it's all... Prosthetics, yeah. like yeah, it's yeah. so funny. To oh my watch. god! But that's, that's funny to think about. He was actually. talking about his his wig, so his mane. That was huge comments. in the original. And I quote: "It was like gaffering four angora cats to your head, then running around the block ten to twelve times." Wow! <laughs> it was so hot. <laughs> oh my god! Isn't that <laughs> That's a very good descriptive yes. um, explanation. So specific. <laughs> Ten blocks. Oh, mm. man. Mm. So there were a lot of issues and you can see even even through the Broadway run, they were altering costumes. Originally the Beast was on stilts. To They put Balin flats and the Beast on stilts to give height that advantage height and stuff difference. Like that, yeah. And Susan Egan kind of poo-pooed it. Yeah. Why can't I think of a better word? <laughs> um, saying that, like they didn't, they didn't have faith in the audience's ability to suspend disbelief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they got rid of the stilts pretty quickly. They they lightened the prosthetics. They started taking things out of costumes. If you compare the original Madame de la what, Madame de, de la, la Grande Bouche. Yeah, Bouche. Her original costume, she's like a giant rectangle with fingers. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. To yeah, what yeah. it is now where it's like yeah, this elegant ball gown thing and it's, <laughs> you know, like bustles. <laughs> <laughs> that original actress could barely move. Yeah. Like I think she yeah. could walk and breathe and that was amazing. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, but it's because she was constantly told, I want to see the film on stage. And so mm. she had to make the wardrobe look like a wardrobe, which now... I would say it still does, but it's just a little more elegant, a little more wearable, yeah. I guess. Yeah, a lot more comfortable. It looks a lot more comfortable. Yeah, say that again into the microphone. It looks a lot more comfortable anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and they certainly don't need – they had mini air conditioners inside their costumes. Yeah. They, little, just, yeah. they couldn't get out of them. Once they were yeah. in them, they were basically in them and getting out of them for the final scene was really hard because it was just so, so much. I hope they got paid well. I do too. <laughs> I do too. We stand by SAG af- after, after. Uh, yeah. Uh, 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 what is it? Af- uh, APRA. No, isn't it AFTRA? SAG AF. We stand by the actors and all the, their oh, creators. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hell no to AI being used in <laughs> background. What a fucking stupid proposal. <laughs> oh, my God. Have you seen Black Mirror? Um, the new one? 
I haven't seen the new, the new season. No. You just got to watch episode one. Okay. And you'll think, holy shit, this is literally what they're proposing. Anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, have you got any more thoughts before we take a quick break and jump into the music? Um, not really. I, yeah, no, nah, but that, that blows me away with the costuming. But, um, yeah. I mean, if you're told from the start, yeah, you need to, you know, it need to make it. Like the movie, I guess it's, it's that's anything your job. you can do, yeah. But but does definitely deserve to win uh, costume design. Oh, one hundred percent! What yeah. a job! What a job! All right, we will be back shortly after this brief announcement made by me. Unlogged planning and organizing. Three hours of watching. Two hours of research. Three hours of recording. Five hours of editing and one episode to publish. Don't forget you have to pay your hosting fee, your software platform fee and your designer fee. And if you want to do any sponsored posts, that's an extra couple of dollars as well. Producing a podcast is fun, but it's a lot of work and it's not free. Thank you so much to everyone who supports this show by listening to these episodes and a super shout out to all of the Patreons that help keep this show running financially. If you would like to become a Patreon, simply head to patreon.com and search for Dissecting Disney Ditties. There you will find a string of bonus episodes including spotlights on cut songs from your favourite Disney movies and some other random stuff I put up there. This show gets more and more love every time people mention it to their friends. So please spread the word, get comfy, and let's go back to the show. And welcome back. Welcome back. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't miss you. You were right here. (laughs) We were talking the whole time. Okay. So this opens with, we actually watched The Overture. Yes. Which I can't remember. Is that still in the show? Yes. Yes, it is. It is. What do you think of The Overture? Love it. You don't like it? I don't. The face you're giving me is not... I think it uses so much of the new music, inverted commas, Mm. that I don't know if it's, I don't want to say relevant, but we all know what we've come to see, right? Yep. And really, we're just waiting for the prologue to drop. We're waiting for that. And so I don't know if we need it. And on track, sure. Mm. I just don't know if we need the prologue. It's too happy. The prologue or the overture? Uh, sorry, the overture. Yeah, I'm like, mm, no, I love we it. need the prologue. Oh, I'm too happy. I'm pretty sure the overture is there. I'm pretty sure I have played it, but I'm maybe maybe the smaller version doesn't. I think it's optional. Doesn't have it. Yeah, Yeah. I think it's optional. Anyway, so it opens with the gorgeous prologue. Which we all know and love, and there's 
absolute pain in the ass to play on a piano, but it's so nice to play. It's such a beautiful it's song. Pain in the ass. And music anyway. Yep. that opens into Bell. I love this song. Look on your face. Doesn't it depict? It depicts a sunrise perfectly, right? The start of a day. And simplicity. Yeah. yeah. Which is what she's talking about. Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. Little town, it's a quiet village. Every day, like the one before. Little town. I was waiting for you to get to your favourite line. Remember you telling the story about your mum? My mum? <laughs> In the season one, that was great. That was great. I actually now have a close second favourite, which is, you call this bacon. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so cold. Oh, my God. How bad must it look? <laughs> oh but we're God. before the days of modern refrigeration, so honestly... You know, it's been in the meat uh, thing. <laughs> <laughs> now, I will preface this by we are going by the original Broadway production, the original Broadway staging, which is, I must say, in comparison to the more recent revivals and touring productions, is a beautiful example of how far we've come from intricate, beautiful mammoth set designs to projections with a couple of trucks. Yeah. And by trucks, I mean uh, pieces of set that are on small movable platforms, mm-hmm. which you see often in high school <laughs> high school productions. <laughs> uh, oh, God. Yeah. yeah. So we actually, we watched this scene both in the re- revival version and the, and the Broadway version. And my goodness, doesn't it change how you feel about the musical? Massively. It's disgusting. The, f- <laughs> <laughs> the first time I was like, this is terrible. Is is this really on Broadway? <laughs> that was <laughs> I, a touring production, I, but yeah. I actually thought it was a high school, but um, <laughs> I did. It was bad. It was – so the, the touring production that we saw, which was a UK tour, ah, I'm, so sorry. I'm not sure if that's the, the – t- it's not the most recent UK tour which is now in australia that version no. i'm hoping it's different but it's like I, the 2010 my, uk tour or something like that yeah right? my fingers aren't crossed for how different the current revival is to mm. to what we saw but that was yeah three trucks oh, so was, three building facades yeah, yeah yeah and that was it oh and the the tiny well the well yeah it was very small yeah and then we saw the broadway version <laughs> It was so beautiful. Buildings for days. My God. <laughs> uh, it's such a difference. Yeah, I actually loved difference. when 
the townsfolk are singing and one guy appeared from shutters up on the second level. Yeah, like, yeah. It's just for those tiny moments. Like it's yeah. five seconds but it just makes a difference. Brings it alive, it, yeah. It's about drawing the audience in, isn't it? Yeah, and you can't see people walking to the 2D buildings, you know, walking behind <laughs> it and stuff. It just, it, for me, it kills it. It makes it feel very high school. Yeah, yeah big time. Um, But, you know, the, the original low budget. is just gorgeous and Burke Moses as Gaston is oh, so hot. <laughs> so hot. Okay. <laughs> it's awkward in here, people. <laughs> it's so hot. This is, in my opinion, one of the best Disney songs. I think it, it gets so much done. I remember saying this in the in the other Beauty and the Beast episode, but it establishes so much character so quickly. Mm. The townsfolk, Belle. Uh, Gaston, Gaston, LeFou, yeah. all those relationships are so clear. The silly girls, yeah, you understand so much in a what is this uh, five minute number on Broadway? I think it's about the same in the film because it's basically identical. Yeah, even the, the bookkeeper, like the different ways that people treat her, um, it's just it's so clear and it's so well written. It doesn't mm. feel long. It doesn't feel repetitive because there's enough different sections and different um, motifs, I guess, or uh, not different motifs, I get, but variations on yeah. the motifs. Yes, correct. That it just it's it's interesting, mm. and I think the the staging really matters. I've seen some amateur productions of this, and this can just look really empty. And I think it just if if you don't have a massive ensemble, you need to fill it with set. You need yes. to just give us something to look at that's not a bunch of people walking around on stage, which was definitely the UK <laughs> version. <laughs> that was so awkward. I and My favourite bit was when the bookkeeper, the bookshop owner came out and yep. started being like, look at that girl. <laughs> <laughs> there there were so some nice dramatic before, differences. And he was literally up the front of yeah. the mob. <laughs> oh, God. Just stop. Idiot. But um, no, the, the original is beautiful and this is just – Alan Menken, oh, just being a master of mm. of writing, like like he was saying during the music, the simplicity of that opening and the mm. what what were you saying before? I just said it depicted uh, uh, like a, a the start of a day. Yeah, really well. yeah, with the kind of the flute line and the horns mm. coming in. Mm. Like when you open a, you know, your curtains first thing in the morning sort of thing. Yeah. Well, it's very, <laughs> I was going to say, it's very reminiscent of, <laughs> oh shit, what <laughs> is that piece of music? <laughs> yes, it's very reminiscent of that flute line. From Pier Gint. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. <laughs> You're we, genius. We totally didn't just Google that and cut out all the time. We spent looking for the name of the work. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> but, yeah, it is. It's very, very similar of the way that that breaks out. Clever writing. That's what it is. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. It's just brilliant. Mm. Menken and Ashman, man. Try and top that. So we move forward and then we've got a new song straight away. Mm. And we're giving Maurice, of all people, a song. Now, this is... Actually, I'll come back to that. This is No Matter What. No, we're not odd, it's true. No family could be saner, except one uncle who, well, maybe let that pass. In all you say or do, you couldn't make it plainer. You are your mother's daughter, therefore you are class. 
No matter what you do, I'm on your side. And if my point of view is somewhat misty-eyed, there's nothing clearer in my life than what I wish and feel for you. And that's a lot. Gorgeous. No matter what. So, <clears throat> the, the downfall of this song is that when you hear Tom Beasley sing, Bo, when Bosley. you hear Tom Bosley sing this, it's like a warm hug. Yeah. It's beautiful. And you feel like he's singing to you. Yes. And he's just, he's the dad everyone always wanted that's like, come here, just give me a cuddle. And everything's <laughs> right. The downfall is that when high schools do this show. <laughs> oh, God. This role always goes to the kid who's a great character actor and can't really sing. Yeah. And then this song becomes this song. Oh, God. This is the song in every show <laughs> that no one likes because it's boring. <laughs> A song like Sentimental Man or Mr. Cellophane or Look, that woman's almost snoring. <laughs> So, <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Shout out to the incredible Sarah Smallwood Parsons who wrote and is performing that song. This song <laughs> ends up going straight into that category. Yeah, like just up oh, the old man <laughs> needs a moment it's to the shine. Old man. And I, uh, side note, this. I was invited to sing at an industry night not that long ago, and I was very unwell. I just recovered from an incredible three-week-long cough. That had destroyed my vocal cords <laughs> yeah, yeah. and it left me with a range of five notes and the producer insisted I sing a song. And this was the only song I could sing. No so I grabbed, what. I went op shopping and I grabbed some you. pants, suspenders and a shirt and a grey <laughs> wig. I saw the photo. Yeah, and great. I performed the song that no one likes by Sarah Smallwood. <laughs> Smallwood. That's amazing. Yeah, because it was the only thing I could sing. I, I was like, ah, that was it. Oh, that was it. Yeah. It was gone. <laughs> That's bad. Um, but, yeah, so when we go and see uh, high school versions of Beauty and the Beast, this is that song. Yeah, it is. It's just like, no matter what but you it. say. <laughs> <laughs> just, I'm by your side. It's just always awful. It's always awful. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in saying that. But that aside, in the way, the way that it should be. Oh, my God. It's so, you can just endearing and so loving. You, you just feel it through that, through that song, don't you? No matter what the pain, we've come this far. I pray that you remain exactly as you are. It's, this really it's beautiful and it's beautiful lyrically. And this is the thing, Howard Ashman didn't write it, mm. yet lyrically it's it just... Fits right yeah. alongside the likes of Beauty and the Beast, you know, in that it's it's simple yet impactful, and yeah. it doesn't have 
a chorus feel like beyond these palace walls does in Aladdin where you're like, man, here comes a chorus. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It, it flows beautifully. It's beautifully orchestrated. My God, it's beautiful hearing it with the original orchestrations. Yeah. I, I don't know what else really to say about it other than <laughs> it's, just, it's just beautiful and, and warm. It is. And honest. And it's not a it's not a huge showy piece. It's just honest. And what did you rate it? Full. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, I gave it – so I just went – Fairly even across the board with fours. So I went four for music, four for lyrics. Staging, I thought, I mean, it's a stand and sing really, but uh, four, I thought I thought it just, I thought it was lit well, staged well, like um, the set was perfect. Like it was, it really suited the um, the song mm. and contribution, I, I could, it could be there, it couldn't be there and it would, you'd still know that Maurice loves Belle, if mm. you know what I mean. Yes, it does make you feel you feel love a lot more through the song, but if it wasn't there, I'd still, you know. So I just gave it a two for contribution. Yeah, right. So sort of similarly, some sort of similarly to you. That's a really hard word to say. Similarly, yeah. I gave it four for music and four for lyrics. What I also really appreciated is how. It beautifully segues from dialogue to music in that it begins with the, I think, quite iconic line, Papa, do you think I'm odd? And it's, no, you're not odd, not you. Instead of going straight into, no matter what, oh, it's time for a song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It kind of just seamlessly goes into that. Continues the dialogue. And then gets into the main song. Unlike the gear change we get in Aladdin, (laughs) I'm going to make something of myself. Someday I'm going to be somebody proud of your boy. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It doesn't It doesn't have that feeling. It kind of just beautifully blends. And again, that's probably owing to Alan Menken's score writing, but also Danny Troop's orchestrations. Mm. It doesn't get really lush straight away. Yeah. So I gave it four for music, four for lyrics, yep. three for staging and three for contribution. I think it's just really nice that Maurice has a song when it's sung by someone who can act and sing. Yeah. Definitely. Mm. And every other time I'm like, well, this kid just needs three minutes of the sun and thank God he never sings again. Yes. <laughs> and, and, you know, well, he had to have something. It's his last year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he's never he's never auditioned for us before, but, you know, we finally convinced oh, him. You God. know, he's, done, he's just done the plays every year. <laughs> and we finally said to him, you should do the musical yeah. in year 12. <laughs> My God. Oh, we've all That's seen hilarious. it. We've all been there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so interestingly, after Belle, the next three songs are all original songs for the musical, which mm. I d- definitely isn't isn't common. Uh, Aladdin starts with two two songs from the film and then does, wait, one, two, three, four, f- five songs. That, yeah, ignore my, my random comparisons. That does five You're songs. You're doing terribly tonight. Yeah, what but it just hell? feels like, oh, we're jumping straight <laughs> in. But I think the point I was trying to get to is these are three new songs and they mm. do not feel out of place. Yeah. Very different to Aladdin. Yes. Very different. So we move forward into Gaston's courting of Jasmine, which from the film we remember as – I always think of when he takes off his boots and he says, my fire roosting by my feet and his socks are full of holes. His toes are hanging <laughs> out of his Anyway, we've did got... Did you say Jasmine, by the way? Did I say Jasmine instead yeah. of Gaston? No, you said Gaston and Jasmine. <laughs> courting Jasmine. And I'm like, what? 
<laughs> are we doing Aladdin or are we doing... This is Aladdin and the Beast. Miscues. Gaston is courting... I was going to say it again. Jasmine and the Beast. Oh, my God. Gaston is courting Belle. It just sounds right. Gaston is courting Jasmine. Yes. Gaston is courting Belle. Belle. Yeah. And talking about... Roast, you're roasting my feet or something. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like this. This is called me. You've been dreaming just one dream nearly all your life. Hoping, scheming just one theme. Will you be a wife? Will you be some he man's property? Good news, that He-Man's me. <laughs> this song is fantastic. That's so good. My favourite lyric in it is actually right near the end. Escape me, there's no way. Certain as Dore. Yeah. What a fucking brilliant line, because what comes after Do Ray? Me. Hey! It's so <laughs> it's just it's the kind of thing that I think so Howard clever. Ashman would have written. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very and I, I can't believe that this wasn't written by Howard Ashman. No, no. He did such a great, great job in mimicking that though. That yeah, aspect of it. When you compare it to like Babkak, Omar and Kasim, which was lyricized by Howard Ashman. If that's not a real word, I'm using it all over this podcast today. <clears throat> but that was written. And this is the same kind of humor. Yeah. That self-awareness. It's just great. Yeah. Not to mention a beautiful showcase for a lyrical baritone. Yeah. Beautiful. It, yeah, it's 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 very well placed in a baritone's voice uh, range. Yeah. So gorgeous. Not to mention Boke Moses is high. Oh my god! <laughs> I just uh, I, uh, a lyrical baritone can take me any day. They can just like, like, yep, I'm yours. Oh god! Yeah, I'm not easy, but if you're a baritone, <laughs> hilarious. Yeah. Uh, do you want to jump into the ratings uh, of me? Me. Um, I thought that the music was fantastically clever. Um, and provided the right kind of pomp, pompousness. Is that, is that a word? <laughs> pomp. Pompousness. No, not pomp pompousness, just pompousness. Like pomp pompousness. Pomp, pompousness. Hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with it. It's very pompous. I'm taking like it, it, lyricized. It, so. <laughs> arrogant, stubborn. It had all those aspects in it. Um, and I feel – I gave it a five. Um Five for music, five for lyrics because the lyrics are so bloody clever. Oh, so clever. Um, just like Gaston, you know, like the same, but but written by somebody else. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so freaking crazy. Um, staging, I gave it a five. And for contribution, yet again, I gave it a four. But it contributes, I probably should give it like a two or a three to be honest, because I feel like it contributes, but you've also got Gaston and how many songs does this guy need? Like his acting also, you, do you know what I mean? Like he's still chasing her down without the song. Mm. Do you need the song? Do you think it adds much? Compare it to the film. Do you think the song adds much? I would prefer this song to, to Gaston. Does that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, now that you I'd prefer about- to hear this in the in the sh- the, t- the movie 
than Gaston because Gaston really, you know, it doesn't, I don't think it acquires, not acquires, but it doesn't show what this shows. Yeah. I mean, well, I guess me is about what I think of myself. Yes. Gaston is what everyone else thinks Thinks of of Gaston. Yeah. Yeah. It's about his reputation. Whereas this is just how he sees the world. (laughs) Yeah. You know, to me, this is more valuable, more valuable than Gaston. That's why I gave it a four. But uh, with both of those songs in it, I feel like it's, you know, I didn't give it a perfect score because I, I feel like without it, we still get the same, I still get the same opinion of the guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um. So I gave this a, a five for everything. What? Yeah, I gave this a flat <laughs> fives. I just, I thought <laughs> it was... Where's your pew, pew, Because you didn't give it a five. Oh, so Um, It's... I just thought it was so... I can't get over how seamless these additional songs are. Like, I know we haven't done all the musicals yet, but I'm struggling to think of another one where it's just so seamless that you can't believe it's part of the original show. And... It might be because it was 1994 and we had this massive ass orchestra and it was just all beautiful and lush and, mm. and whatnot. But there's no, I'm, I'm I agree with you totally. <sighs> I do. It's just it's just gorgeous and funny and it's so perfect. It's the perfect song for Gaston. Instead of it being a villain song in yeah. the commas, <clears throat> it's more just okay. Well, let's just see how Gaston sees the world. If we asked him, what do you think of like the role of men and women in this world? This is <laughs> this just is, an absolutely no a, filter version yeah, of it, you know. Exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> this equation, girl plus man, yeah. doesn't help just you. Um, on occasions, women can have other uses too. Like holy shit! Like, <laughs> but it's so it's not funny, you know. He's not yeah. like haha slapstick. He's like nope, completely earnest yeah. in the way he delivers this. And it's just been beautifully directed. The staging of it is so funny. Yeah. And um, I love all the little grunts and yeah. <laughs> you know, how many? Yeah. <laughs> You're talking about dogs, right? <laughs> um, and the the ending, uh, simple as do re, gets me every time. Yes. <laughs> Music jokes. You had me at do re. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, um, and that's so good. Yeah, and I, I for me it is... It is a beautiful, wonderful contribution yeah. to the show. Absolutely wonderful. Uh, I would miss it now if it was gone. And True. watching the film, I kind of miss it. Yeah, you yeah. Know, you you kind of feel like it's coming if you know the the movie. Yeah. And you're like, oh, it's not here. I feel like I feel like yeah, like I said, if Gaston wasn't in there and this was, you wouldn't really notice. No. Apart from the fact and that like Gaston is su- such a big song in commas. I also, but, f- sorry to cut you yeah, off, no, no. but I also feel like Gaston is. LeFou's song chance to be there as well. Yeah. You know, um, so yeah, sorry. Go yeah. On, say. No, you're right. It is kind of LeFou's song. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Anyway. It's almost what LeFou thinks of Gaston. Yeah. Mm. And a bunch of drunk <laughs> bitches. So. <laughs> then yeah. we move on to the probably one of the most popular songs, new songs to come out of this, which is. Yes, I made the choice For Papa I will stay But I don't deserve to lose my freedom in this way You monster What I'd give 
I love it. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, I love all the little intricacies in the music as well. Yes, all the kind of uh, counter melodies. Would yeah. You call them? Like da, 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 da. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, yeah, em- embellishments too. Yeah, just like yes. little embellishment parts. In the woodwind. That's so gorgeous. It is. Such a good, good song. It's beautifully lyrical. And uh, something that I noticed because I watched when I was compiling – the video that we watched because it was a lot of copy, uh, pasting together different clips <laughs> I could find. I actually found two versions of this. One has a second verse, one does not. And from what I can gather, originally it had the second verse and then they cut it. Uh-huh. And it actually changed my score. Oh. Because I think... It's too long with the second verse. Yes. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. is on the cast recording. But it's gone. It goes from verse one to what I'd give to return. Mm. And I feel like it, that perfect. It's kind of like in Les Mis. We, we don't need the second verse of Castle on the Cloud. No, no. <laughs> but fucking director's been <laughs> <in> anyway. Fairies <laughs> are. And we'll go back to bar one. Yes. (laughs) Bastards. We get it. She's cute. Move on. Yeah, I think, again, musically stunning. And I was really, really hoping this would be in the film. Have you seen the movie? Yes, I have. With the beast that looks like he walked out of some sort of video game. Yes, yes. Um. I really hope this would be in the film and there is actually a moment where they play. I think it's when the dress is being made. Yeah. Kind of jump when I heard it. Yep. It's it's just a gorgeous melody. Yeah, and one I don't think comes from the film score. From memory, do you know if? I have, I, yeah, no, I didn't hear it in the movie. In the movie, but yeah, uh, yeah, I don't think so. It might, which means it's it's a totally new song. Yeah, yeah, but still, yet seamlessly fits in. It's yeah. the mold. I was just it? trying to think of it backwards. Is it the theme from the is it the the main theme? Which is da 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 dum da 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 dum no that'd be da 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 God I lost her for a minute. <laughs> She's back, people. Yeah, sorry, it's just my musical brain was having a moment. <laughs> uh, it's like there was an exorcist in the room. <laughs> yeah. I was staring at the ceiling at nothing like a cat. <laughs> um, but yeah, even lyrically, 
The thing that gets me, mm. she sings what I'd give to return to the life that I knew lately. How long has she been in this castle? Is it two days? One day. Not even a day. An hour. Yeah. A few hours. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing that gets me like, you, you just got here. Like she's literally just <laughs> had the scene with her father. He throws her in the room. She's like, what I give yeah. to return. <laughs> <laughs> like maybe if you'd been in there two days, sure. Yeah. But you don't know wow, what your life's going gonna gonna to be like. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit of the, when we were talking about let it go in Frozen, it's a bit too soon to have these big revelations mm. of, of thoughts yeah. <laughs> about, oh, I should have been more grateful. You haven't really experienced anything no. yet. The beast hasn't physically abused you yet, which yeah. he does in this musical. Yeah, It kind of makes me laugh. Out of out of context, this song is amazing. In context, I'm always thinking, wait, how long have you been mm. in the castle? <laughs> did you I overthink this too, man. <laughs> did, did, did I blink? Did yeah. I, was I asleep? Because <laughs> as far as I know, you've been here for 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and I just I can't think of any situation I've but, ever been in for 30 minutes where I've thought, geez, what I'd give to go back to my old life. <laughs> oh well. Yeah. I may as well get to use to this place. It's yeah. gonna be my home from now on. I mean, unless you were put on like the chain gang, probably not much <laughs> has happened in those oh first 30 minutes where you're thinking, I wish I could go back to my old life, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like you're in a beautiful it's not even she's not even a prison cell. No. She's in this beautiful decorated room with gorgeous furnishings. What I get really <laughs> <laughs> You came from a shack. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we never saw inside their house. You might not might be gold everywhere. <laughs> Maurice servants. is actually really fucking, successful. <laughs> fucking golden goose egg. <laughs> I don't know, Jesus. <laughs> so that's the only thing that that makes me go what? Yeah. <laughs> but otherwise, musically, it's beautiful. It's really nice to have that moment. We did skip over Belle's reprise, which is surprising for me because that is my favorite moment in the movie and the one that I used to act out in my backyard as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> And then she gets down and picks up the little, like, fairy thing. And she, like, looks at it. I want so much more than they've got <laughs> And then she lets it go and all the little, like, spawns go off to spawn more of those fairy things. <laughs> those fairy things? <laughs> did you call them fairies? What did you used to call yeah, them? The, yeah, little fairy. Um, what are they, though? They're like little... I know what no, you're talking about. The little white... Tufts and then, of and you flick them spawns. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then they spawn more fairies. Why do we call uh, them fairies? I don't know, because each individual one looks like a fairy. Little fairy, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I used to act that out in my backyard all the time. That's so funny. Um, <laughs> so we have had that moment, but I think this is I think this is nice. It, it, yeah. it fits. Yeah. It fits. And I think especially with the reprise that comes after this. I hope that we'll be friends. Though I don't know you well If anyone can make the most of living here Then, Belle, it's you 
I think that really brings it home. Mm. It, it's only a couple of seconds of singing, but yeah, yeah. It's just again, it's that same thing Maurice had. Yeah. That warm hug from Mrs. Potts. Yeah, yeah. They're really embracing. Yeah. Yeah, it's gorgeous. So I think it, it just blends beautifully into this score. And I do love speaking of the film, I do love the songs that they put in in this similar spot, which is I think How Does a Moment Last Forever Might No, that's with the music box. There's another one here. Days in the sun. Days in the sun goes in here, which Audra McDonald just oh, <laughs> soars. Oh, I could sing of the pain these dark days bring. The spell we're under. Still, it's the wonder of us. I sing of tonight. Yeah, I think either way, a song belongs here and I really like it here. So what did you score it? No, you first. Okay, I'll go first. So <laughs> I gave it I gave it five for music. I just can't get over the music in this show. It's just gorgeous. I gave it four and a half for lyrics because I just verse. have this gripe with the second verse was four. Oh, and also the amount of time that she's. Yeah. yeah. It was originally four because I didn't like the second verse and then I realised they cut it. So I bumped it up to five. Oh, okay. And yep. then I thought, no, that. Really bugs me. <laughs> I can't get over the fact that she's, she's only been, been there for, for an hour. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you literally just got here mm. and you're in the, basically the Grand Hyatt of France. Yeah. Uh, but I gave it I gave it five for staging. I was going to give it four, except it has this iconic moment on Build Higher Walls where she throws her arms up and every single mm. production in the universe, they go, Build Higher! And they put their palms up like they're, like they're about to be arrested, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> hands up in the air where I can see him. And it just gets me. And I thought that has become such an iconic thing that like, okay, props to the director. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a, it's yeah. a thing. It's a thing. And I gave it five for contribution because I love it, especially tied in with the reprise. Aww. I think it really just, it creates this beautiful, the song's beautiful, but it also creates this beautiful bond with, Mrs. Potts and Madame, even though Madame doesn't sing it, unless you're doing the junior version and then Madame gets to sing one line of the reprise <laughs> <laughs> because she's got to sing. Yes. It creates this beautiful bond between the three women, which I just yep. really love. Okay. Well, I gave it flat Loved it. It was uh, awesome. Absolutely awesome. I just... It's so descriptive and like how she's feeling and then mm. it changes to her realisation and then all this sort of stuff. Um, I mean, it's a little Debbie Downer, but... Um. <coughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> no one can see you, man. Like, you're like... Mm. <laughs> it's because... <laughs> I took this big inhalation of breath because I thought you were going to say it's a bit Debbie does tell. No. <laughs> no. My brain was going, what is the connection? No, it's a bit. No, it's just. <laughs> no, it's still beautiful. I love it so much. So. Flat fives. <laughs> For the Flat Debbie fives. does Dallas. No, Debbie Dallas. Del- <laughs> Fuck. Funny person. That's funny. Just your face. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay. <laughs> so, moving away from home, yes, we go into a probably one of one of the most famous. Basically, all of the songs in this movie are famous. Yes, but this one's a pretty big hitter. It is Gaston. No one's slick as Gaston. No one's quick as Gaston. No one's next as incredibly thick as Gaston. For there's no man in town half as manly. Perfect, a pure paragon. Ooh, you can ask any Tom, Dick, or Stanley. And they'll tell you whose team they prefer to be on. No one's king like Gaston, a king like Gaston. No one's got a swell cleft in his chin like Gaston. As a specimen, yes, I'm intimidating. My what I a lad, I ate four dozen eggs every morning to help me get large. And now that I'm grown, I eat five dozen eggs, so I'm roughly the size of a barge. This song is a banger. It's so good. Such a banger. I know I said I could do without it, but that's only because me is so good as well. However, it's just as good. Like, it's it's phenomenal. Yeah. I, I love it. Amazing. It's because my sneezes are so ridiculous. I try and recover and I really quickly and I overcompensate with this like posh face. Yeah, and the the way that this is staged, how beautiful is that tavern in the original Broadway? It's so good. It is massive. Ruined by every other (laughs) production of this show. Revival is basically like a bar on a flat. Yes. And in this, it's like a full-on oh, set-up bar. With the with horns like and the... the yeah. horns and the... Oh, it's gorgeous. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I think it's absolutely ridiculous that they want us to believe that he's in a tavern when they're <laughs> s- clearly standing outside the buildings they were standing outside before. <laughs> so maybe it's Oktoberfest and everything's outside. I don't know. But... <laughs> Do they have Oktoberfest in France? I, don't I think it also doesn't help because in that in that touring production they had a purple floor with yes. gold spirals oh, on it. So gross. you couldn't get that darkness. With the furls on it, yeah. Yeah, whereas in this, the, the tavern the tavern. tavern. The, the tavern feels dark and moody mm, and dear. cool. That's very cool. And also I'm not a fan, and this is just a thing that's happened in modern Broadway, that the skirts get shorter. Yeah. Whereas I love those big floor length, almost floor length, ankle length skirts. You With know, the and petticoats and the, just, you know. Yeah, it yeah. looks so cool. Well, it looks the era, doesn't it? It looks yeah. the time, the period. So, yeah, I, I don't know why they do pull away from that sort of stuff because there's no point. Yeah. Yeah, it know. doesn't make It's sense. not going to make me come and see the show because they're wearing short <laughs> skirts. Oh, I can really. see the shit. <laughs> 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 Ooh, look at her knees. <laughs> Oh, God. The Beauty and the Beast featuring Shins. (laughs) Shins, Beauty and the Beast. (laughs) Because even Belle's dress was shorter. Yes. It's all about the Shins. Oh, it's my God. It's stupid. Maybe they were hot. (laughs) Someone's got a thing with Shins. (laughs) Oh, my God. Actually, I feel really lucky that we got to see both versions. Yeah. Because 
it just it gives us such a it, it allows us to see what a difference staging can make. Yeah, hundred percent. Same show, yeah. also direction because the direction was much more pantomime in the revival version, which pissed me off to no end. The, the beast was. Oh God! <laughs> the beast was so unbelievable, stupid, unbelievable. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Um, but it gives you such an appreciation for. Old Broadway and yeah. and it feels weird saying that about the early nineties, but it really is a difference. Once and beautiful painted backdrops. Mm. Once projection came in, it really was the death of grand sets in a lot yeah. of way. Which, Grandeur, yeah. Which, um, having been to Broadway recently, I was there in January twenty twenty. Wow. Um, seeing sets like Hades Town mm. was so beautiful to see a proper, full on integral detailed magnificent set mm. compared to like uh, jagged little pill which is just scaffolding and projections yeah you know? sure and to see these two productions of beauty and the beast side by side mm. it it kind of makes you so sad to see what was lost yeah i think if you didn't know you didn't know but you you can find them on youtube it's it, monumental the difference it it was like night night and day seriously like i felt I sent you a message saying this, like, (laughs) it just looks terrible. (laughs) It looks so bad. And it's really not uplifting. It doesn't make me feel like wanting to watch it, to be honest. And then whenever I'd see portions of the original broadcast, uh, broadcast, Broadcast. Broadway (laughs) version, I'd be like, oh, my God, that's how it should be. What's going on? And all of a sudden. Why change it? It's not just the visuals; it is the direction. Yeah, and the direction has gone much more into slapsticky pantomime. Yes, why play to the kids, which is unfortunate it because is. Terrence Mann is beautiful as the Beast. He's got that mm. darkness, and I remember the original actors. And, and forgive me for not remembering his name from the film, but talking about how he had a Beast voice. You know, and it was, yeah. it was doing, you know, <laughs> yeah. and whereas the the revival, he does ridiculous. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my what god! What the fuck are you doing? When she puts the ointment on his on his <laughs> after he's had the. Ah! <laughs> like, oh my god! Whereas Terence Mann is playing much that much darker yeah. side of the Beast, which is what makes it so. You need to the Beast needs to struggle to earn the audience's love. Yes, he should be unlikable at the start. He should be Correct. hard and he should be mean. He shouldn't be funny. No. It should be dark. And then you need to see these little glimpses. And then there's that glimpses. change in something's yeah. there. And that's the whole point of something's there because mm. it's something's there. Not yeah. the whole time he was hilarious yeah, yeah. there. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. something's there. I've seen a different side. Whereas if he's funny from the start, what's the other side? What's the point? No, there's yeah, no point. There's no point. No. Um, anyway, have, have we rated Gaston? Are we still talking about Gaston? I think so. Well, this is a really nice segue because we were just talking about the Beast. Yes. And this is the Beast's first song, inverted commas. It's quite short, but it's called How Long Must This Go On? How long must this go on, this cruel trick of fate? I simply made one careless wrong decision. And then that which was gone and left me in this state. An object of revulsion and derision Hated Is there no one Who can show me How to win the wounds Forgiveness 
Yes. I don't know how he does it. It's just so honest. Why do you think this is here? Because it is fifty-six seconds long. I think they're trying to they're trying to um, show or evoke the they they're trying to show that there is something different about the beast uh, moving forward. Like he's actually he is changing something. There's something there. Mm. All that sort of stuff. Mm. I, that's what I feel. And it's yeah, it seems like it's a scene change song. <laughs> <laughs> The scene is changing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not in the way that Aladdin does it where they have this completely pointless no. number that goes for three and a half minutes whilst they move out the Cave of Wonders. But I think also we know Adam. <laughs> Adam. <laughs> I forgot his name is Adam. <laughs> Fuck. We Fuck, know that, that originally he's a heartless prick, right? Yeah. So we're also seeing that she's bringing out differences in his mm. His thing, and he's realizing that, and that's um. I think, I think that's. A, I just said I think. I hate people who say think. I don't hate them, but uh, um. I, anyway, <laughs> I feel like it's um. Yeah, it's really, it's really um showing that side of him. Yeah, I. I believe. <laughs> no, no, you can say think. I said think. Oh, you said think. Think. You said with an think. F. What made you say that? I don't know. Are you okay? Are you well? I think so. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, I I really like that this gives him just a glimpse of humanity. Yes, I guess because in the Terence Mann portrayal of the Beast, he has been very cold and dark this mm. entire time, and here we get a glimpse of he's actually freaking out. Yeah. Whereas the revival version, which I didn't get the actors' names, which is a faux pas on my behalf. I should have gotten them. He's been so comical <laughs> that who gives a shit, yeah, you exactly. know? Whereas this is, oh, he's he actually cares. Yeah. It's a it's a stark contrast to the I'm the beast and I'm angry all the time and But where what why would the revival treat the beast that way? What that's what I don't understand. Does the movie portray the beast to be like that? No. no. So why is that? Why has that happened? You know what I is mean. Is it too like, harsh to say terrible direction? Yeah, no, because it's <laughs> because it's clearly terrible direction. They don't know what they. They don't know. They don't know the the movie, mm. and that's where it came from, isn't it? So, it's very rare that I blame the actors because at the mm. end of the day, the director has full power. Yeah. To say no, no. I need you to do mm. it X Y Z way, mm. and it's it's very rare that you can say it's the it's the actors. Fault because often the actor will be cut if they're actually terrible. So usually the the director's happy with them. There are occasions where you go, whoa. Usually if it's a celebrity or a a big name casting, where you think, well, they just they needed the tickets, so there they are. Otherwise, the director wanted it like that, and that just confuses me. I do think because that was a UK production, and pantomime is huge in the UK. It is a big money spinner, so. I would think, again, it has no I don't place know because I don't know the names show. of the, the creatives or the um, <laughs> cast. Yeah. It's possible the director was a pan- had done pantomimes and that's where the Beast has ended up or the Beast had done pantomimes and they go, yeah, this is what wins UK <laughs> audiences, you know. Yeah. It might be to do with this is what audiences in the UK like, which wouldn't surprise me because they love pantomime. Yeah. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, I think this – 
this little song. I don't think it's worth writing it. It's 50, 50 nah. seconds long, but it is just a really nice, I guess, window into the beast before we get the closing of Act One, which is no, I'll give my opinions about modern Broadway adaptations when we get to be our guest. But yeah, it's just a really nice window. Mm. Okay, on to be, be our, our guest. Monsieur Mademoiselle, it is with deepest pride and greatest pleasure that we welcome you here tonight. And now, we invite you to relax. Let us pull up a chair as the dining room proudly presents your dinner. Be our guest, be our guest, put our service to the test. Tie your napkin round your neck, Sherry, and we provide the rest. Soup du jour, hot or dough, we only live to serve. Try the grey stuff. Oh, it's delicious. <laughs> Don't believe me? Ask the dishes. They can sing, they can dance. After all, Miss, this is France, and the dinner here is never second best. Go on and fill your menu, take a glass, and then you'll be our guest. We are guest, be our guest. I don't. I used to. I loved that that um, dance break in that. It's it's so all over the shop. Playing it. All the can cans. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So this one to me was the first time that I thought, oh my god. The tour has nothing on the Broadway version. Mm. And it was the plates. Yeah. Because in the tour version, they came out holding these like hula hoops with a um, material, material in it. plate that wobbled a bit. <laughs> and they were holding them above their heads and kind of using them like a burlesque dancer would use them. And I thought, I, th- I thought that. They were the plates. Like I thought it was part of their costume. And then I went to the Broadway version and not only were they attached to their backs, but they spun, Genta. They I know. spun. <laughs> it's, yeah, like that's it's the costume day. The costume designer there. That's, that's why she won. Oh, man. Oh, those plates. <laughs> like you wouldn't have been upset to be a fork in that At original all. Broadway production. No way. They looked incredible. And they even had like the, you know, the really ornate sort of, Oh, Handles and stuff the on them. Yeah, it's really good. It's, it's really incredible. Good. And the levels, like when they open the curtain and it's And the just, different sides and things like oh, that. Yeah, it's just crazy. It's insane. I wish I remembered more of this from yes. when I was six. I saw this version, Genta. Oh, my God. No, nah, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. And all I remember is the goddamn cushion. Cushion. <laughs> <laughs> my priorities were not in order. <laughs> I'm going to go back to my Aww. six-year-old self and have a stern talking to. You're a bit young. You're a bit young. It's okay. You'll be um, forgiven. Yeah. This is just – it's its brilliant. <sighs> Again, watching a high school production of this, this is the longest dance break in the history yeah, of the world. So... Oh, if you're watching that, my God. <laughs> just finish. <laughs> I've played numerous this this show numerous amounts. I'm a trumpet player, so for those who don't know, and the amount of amateur theatre companies that cut a majority of that dance section is unbelievable. <laughs> but it's like, why are you putting the show on? Like, put, just work on it. Come on, people, <laughs> just do it. Yeah, it's such a you know, and you can make it look good, but you know, maybe they realised they couldn't make it look good, so they cut it. I don't know. Yeah. You know? 
Um, because it does have a lot of sections, a lot. Like it's the plates, then it's the there's cutlery. like a Russian thing. The ca- yeah, the Russian thing is the with the, is the carpet. And the carpet. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of ma- and the tango. Yeah, yeah. It just kind of keeps going, keeps evolving, which is what makes it so brilliant musically. Yeah. Because it's it's a short theme. It's not like yeah, there's yeah. a lot to work with, and they just keep changing it up. Yeah, yeah. Dances. dances that's going to be hard it is yeah it is going to be very hard it's going to be really hard and i remember someone <laughs> saying to me I, I was working at a high school i can't remember which one and we were talking about doing the the potential of doing the wizard of oz or beauty and the beast yeah and she said to me yeah but the thing is everyone auditioning wants to play bell no one comes in saying i want to play a fork <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's true. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't picture myself playing a fork really, but <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It is great. And my God, you just wait for course by course kick This is – we gave this flat fives when we did the animated version. I would once again give it flat fives if we were rating it. On the original Broadway version, mm. yeah. I, I I keep meaning to mention at the start of this, what we're doing is we're rating the songs that are new to the Broadway version. We are not rating the songs that appeared in the film. If you want to hear the ratings of the songs that were in the film, go back to season one. I'm aware yeah. that sometimes they're different, but it feels a little bit redundant because often they're pretty much the same thing. Yeah. <coughs> um, the um, yeah, it's just it's just perfection. This this number, but then you watch the revival version. Oh my god, <laughs> it's so amateur. It is amateur though. Yeah, at least they can dance. They can they can the dance, dan- and they're doing a the great dance job. Numbers, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But the you think the costumes are fine yeah. until you look at the Broadway version, the original Broadway mm. version, and see the detail in those costumes. I wonder how many of the dancers auditioned for it thinking that they were going to be dressed like the original Broadway cast <laughs> with such elegance and, you know, and then... And instead you're holding a <laughs> oh hula hoop. God! <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this is the plate? <laughs> yeah, you're holding the plate. You aren't the plate. You are. That's what confused ah. me. I thought if they're holding the plate, what are they? Yeah, the little munchkins. <laughs> I don't know. There's munchkins. <laughs> we have animated cutlery, crockery, and munchkins. <laughs> I didn't know where that was going. <laughs> it took too long to get their stackers. And later, you will drink soup off uh, of our faces. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then your beard will be wiped clean instantly. <laughs> <laughs> so that's be our guess. Now you would think mm. this would close Act One. Hundred percent. And if this musical was written today, it one hundred percent would be the closing of Act One, because we are now in the day and age where we find the opening, the, we find the big number, and we pad like crazy to push a number like Let It Go <laughs> from mm-hmm. fifteen minutes in the film out to an hour into the stage show, and it kills me. It's usually useless crap Laborious. that no one needs. Now they have added three and a bit songs. By now. Yeah. But nothing feels like filler. Nothing feels unnecessary. And also, it's not the closing of Act One. It's crazy, isn't it? Because the closing of Act One is actually a brand new song written for the Beast entitled If I Can't Love Her. And in my twisted face, where's not the slightest. Of anything that even hints at kindness <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, there will now be an interval of, of 20, 20 minutes. minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so what is what I find very, very clever about this musically? Listen to the start of these songs. I don't know. It's just that, well, people talk. Well, they talk about me too. No, we're not odd, it's true. No family could be saner, except one uncle who, well, maybe let that pass. How long must this go on, this cruel trick of fate? I simply made one careless wrong decision. And in my twisted face, where's not the slightest Of anything that even hints at kindness And from my tortured shade It's the same theme every time Same theme We have been building to the end of Act 1 From the very second song of this show Yeah 
What a great way to embed the closing of Act 1 into people's minds yeah. to subtly give them this same tune to say it's okay, the closing of Act 1 isn't going to be familiar to you from the get-go, but it will be familiar to you by the time we close the act. Yeah. Very, very clever yeah. because it's not Be Our Guest. Be Our Guest is familiar. Yeah. So they need to find a way that will make you love the finale of Act 1 even though it's a brand new song. It's musical genius. Yeah. Is what and it so is. they embed that theme. It's so good. Yeah. It's so, mm. so clever. They're very, very clever. Yeah. And it's all the new songs. Mm. So, you know, he's, he's got that ability to be able to do that, which is awesome. It's just so good. I also love the middle of this song. Long ago I should have seen All the things I could have been Careless and unthinking I moved onward Again Let's Amazing. just bring in the main theme of the song and give it to the beast. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because that theme is from the prologue. And what are we doing in the prologue? Telling the story, story. of the, the beast. beast. That's right. So good. Really, really well done. Yeah, musical genius. Mm. To be able to come into a show that you've had nothing to do with and make these songs sound like a seamless part of the musical, not only that, but in but integ- like integrate with it so well, taking uh, motifs and different, um, you know, di- different little um, yeah, musical motifs even. <laughs> <laughs> taking all those little things and making it seem like they've always been there is incredible. Yeah. It's, I don't, he's got such a great mind to be able to do that. I mean, to be fair, Alan Menken did write it, so it is actually yeah, yeah, his okay, well, mind yeah, yeah, that's yeah, carried yeah, over yeah, yeah. from the movie into but this. But to be able to continue that, musically, yes. But, yeah, for Tim Rice to be able to work with that yes, and make it seamless, mm. beautiful. Crazy. And the staging of this is gorgeous. This is when he goes up, he gets up from his – Throne chair. <laughs> throne chair. Oh, I guess he's a prince, isn't he? Yeah, it's a throne. Throne chair. <laughs> Where's the king? Oh, I have questions. And <laughs> he gets up and goes up the tower and then the castle turns again. I'm talking, I can't remember. Uh, I don't think we watched the revival version of this. I think I had it and he just kind of stood mm. there, you know, walked oh, he, around. No, he did. He was standing there. It was just, yeah. Yeah, and just kind of walked around a bit. Stand and shoot. Sang. Um, Whereas this, he goes up the tower and then the tower turns and he's on the balcony, turret? Yeah, no, yeah, turret's yeah. the top bit. Tur- yeah, balcony. Yeah, the balcony. Beautiful and so mm. grand. This is what I remember. I remember the cushion and I remember the castle turning. This is the oh, moment. Oh, okay. There this you go. This is the moment where he's yeah, like, yeah. no, mad. But I don't remember the beast being there, remember? I just remember <laughs> the castle turning. <laughs> My God. <laughs> the castle turned and that's all I remember. And I've got a cushion. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Do not remember my- <laughs> the epic ending of Act 1. My butt's warm. What about yours? <laughs> <laughs> my butt is higher than yours. <laughs> also, I speaking of the the production I saw, so I grew up on the Australian cast recording. Yes. Which is British accents. Oh. Little town, it's a quiet village. Every day. Like the one before 
And so even though I've always kind loved the sense. movie, I've really kind of just gone, uh, uh, I guess I've just thought the musical had English accents. You've been dreaming just one dream nearly all your life. Hoping, scheming, just one theme. Will you be a wife? I've never been, never even thought about that. So yeah. <laughs> because I haven't really listened to the Australian to cast, the Australian I think. Cast so, recording, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, that's crazy. English accents, because at the end of the day, they're in France. Yeah, yeah. So So England's just over the channel. Doesn't really matter. Thank <laughs> God they didn't go with Australian. Be oh our guest. guest. Be, be our guest. guest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's he's almost... always French. but <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, what do you think about this being the end of Act two, Act 1 instead of Be Our Guest? I think it's great because... Um, I think I think it's actually a really good way to go into the to the ad break because it I th- I feel if I'm an audience member and this song came on I'd be like oh where's this gonna go do you know what I mean mm-hmm. like it's almost intriguing so I go to I go to interval and I'm just like I just want to go sit in my seat again because I want to know what's gonna happen next what's gonna happen next yeah, right. you know what I mean yeah whereas if you're sitting with eh, you know be I guess be I guess blah blah blah. And you're seeing all this Fandango stuff. You're just like, wow, that was amazing, wasn't it? Yeah, you keep talking, talking, talking. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, yeah, okay, yep, cool. But you're not – I don't think it draws you back into the theatre, whereas I feel like a song like this really draws you back into the theatre and you're going, I want to see how this ends. Yeah. If you've never seen it before. I mean, you'd have to be living under a rock to have never seen it before. But, you know, I think, you know, if you haven't seen the musical before, you're sort of like, hmm, what's going to happen next? Shit going to go down. What? <laughs> so this happens right after Belle goes up into the West Wing. We've got that great scene where Cogsworth drops, if it's not Baroque, don't fix it. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love Cogsworth. Yes. And she goes up into the West Wing, goes to touch the rose, the magical rose, and he full on grabs her by the neck? Question mark? Yeah, I think so. I think it was. And threatens her and she freaks out and says I can't stay another second and she runs away. Yeah. And that's when he sings this song. I really like because I think it works because they put in how long must this go on. I think if this was the first time we heard the best sing, it might be a bit look, he's got a song. Yeah, oh, yeah, he yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas we had that couple of seconds to Give us a window into the basic now. Used to the idea. Now we're jumping yeah, right. in. It again gives him so much humanity. It rounds out that character instead of being, I'm angry and I just want to break the spell, which is kind yeah. of the objective of the movie. This gives him more of a of a heart. Yeah. Yep. He he wants. Mm, it's about if I can't love her. It's not if she can't love me. Yeah. It's about the problem is me and the way that I am because there's that whole you must control your temper. The the That's servants right, are always yeah. telling him it's because you're a shit person. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Check yourself. It's more about his inward than yeah. his outward. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. this is him acknowledging that if I can't love her, if I can't break through whatever I'm going through, then 
that's it. The world's done with me. Yeah. I'm useless. Instead of if she can't love me, if she can't see me for who I am, which would be very selfish. It's very, yeah, yeah, exactly. This is very self-reflective. Very inward. Yeah. Rather than about self. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Which gives you empathy for the for beast. For the beast, yeah, that's right. Because he's not blaming her for only seeing the surface. Yeah. He's not blaming her at all. No, no. He's no. blaming himself. I'm, I've become bitter and horrible. Yes. Very, yeah, very um, humanising. Hmm. Hmm. What did you rate this? I gave it flat fives. Flat fives. Ding, ding, ding. 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 <laughs> what did you rate it? Did you rate it flat fives? I did not. Oh, I, I almost did. So much. I gave it fives for <laughs> lyrics, staging and contribution. Oh. The only thing I didn't give it five for was music because I find the main melody Boo. of the chorus so boring. Boo. No. <laughs> do, 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 do. Wow. Do. No. No is not a great What vowel, did you give right? it? Four. Hmm. No. Pain, na, 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 na. No. Da, I just find it. And then we go up a tone. No. Da, da, and I'm like, oh, okay. We get it. I, I just find oh, it a bit oh. But wouldn't boring. that be lyrics more than? No, it's the melody. It's just an un. It's not an exciting melody. <laughs> Whereas home leads somewhere. This just kind of keeps looping back into this. No, da, 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 da. no, da, 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 da. no, da, da, da. if I can't keep change. No, da, 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 da. stop. No. <laughs> okay, stop. <laughs> See what I mean? Yeah. I just find it a bit repetitive and boring, despite the fact that musically it does so many creative things to wrap this That's act what I up. Mean, like the melody is just. Ugh. Okay, I'll have to take it. I'll have to take it. That's another forty-nine. No, thirty-nine out of forty. Uh, well, <laughs> no, 30, 39. Yeah, thirty-nine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, and that's the end of Act One. <laughs> wow, curtain. That's a long one, man. It is a long one because Act Two only has one, two, three, four, five songs in it. That's crazy. Act isn't it? One had now this is excluding reprises like the Bell mm. reprise and the No Matter What reprise. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight songs. Eight versus five. Oh, I'm um, Miss Goose. Not five. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven with the finale. Oh, okay. But we're only rating two. Two, yeah. That's but it, okay. So all the a lot of the new songs were in the first act. A lot of the five new of songs the new were songs, the songs weren't they? First act, yeah. Which is interesting because a uh-huh. lot of musicals, a lot of sorry, Disney animated right. musicals are very top heavy when it comes to music. Yeah, yeah. Need to remind you, Frozen ends on the rock song. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> <laughs> whereas this kind of was beautifully woven through. Right down to the mob song. That's the last song we hear before we hear the reprise of Taylor's oldest time. Yeah. And we see the recycled footage from Sleeping Beauty. So the work was kind of done for them in a way. They just thought we need to flesh out the whole thing as opposed to we need to write a crap ton of music for the end of the show because we don't want to finish on the rock song. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So act two begins with something there, which I think comes out of the library scene. I think so, so they yeah. Work yep. this in, yeah. There's so 
something sweet and almost kind But he was mean and he was coarse and unrefined And now he's dear and so unsure I wonder why I didn't see him there before Come along, dearie. Let's get you out of those wet things. That's what makes Alan Menken's score so iconic. That mm. we're singing the bloody woodwind parts yeah, in yeah, between yeah. the singing. Jingle bells and jingle bells. <laughs> because nothing says snow like some sleigh bells. Yeah. <laughs> this is basically the same as the original. Yeah. Again, the set makes a huge difference. What was it scored the first time when you guys did it? I don't know because that's in a different scorebook. Oh. I don't think it was raging, but this is in the film. This is the only time the beast sings. Ah, yeah. She looked this way. <laughs> I thought I saw. <laughs> when she touched, and when she touched, mm. we touched. She didn't shudder oh. at my paw. That's yeah, that's true. And then we've got that beautiful reprise of new and a bit alarming, which is. Oh, isn't this amazing? Or oh, sorry, as I know it, new and a bit alarming. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who played Belle? Rachel Beck. Rachel Beck, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, not not heaps to say about this. It's it's basically the same. It's a beautiful song. And then we've got Human Again. Now, this song was cut from the film, but it was originally in the film. And when Will and I watched it, I watched my DVD version. He watched Disney Plus. Disney mm. Plus is the cut version. I saw it with human again in it. Oh. Hence, we are not watching. We're not reading this because I watched it in the film. Okay. Yes. I'll be cooking again. Be good looking again with the Mademoiselle on each arm. When I'm human again, only human again, poised and polished and gleaming with charm. I'll wear lipstick. And I won't be so huge Why, I'll easily fit through that door I'll exude savoir-faire I'll wear gowns, I'll have hair It's my prayer to be human again I think it's, I think it's beautiful Oh, it's beautifully French Doesn't need to be there In Broadway, yes In the movie, no No That's why it wasn't there In the Disney Plus version Yeah, I, I agree with you I can see why it was cut from the film mm. because at this point we're in act two, even in film terms, we're in act two here. It's time to move. Yeah, it's yeah. time to get to the stakes. Yes. And this song is just another four minutes of, oh, it's actually nearly five minutes of la, 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 And we're not that far away from being our guest yeah. in the film. Yes. In the theatre we've had 25 minutes of getting chock tops and going to the bathroom, <laughs> but... In the film, it's too soon to have another big Broadway chorus number. Yeah, yeah. Staging's beautiful, beautiful costumes again. And I'm talking the original Broadway, not mm. the 
high school yes. revival. Yes. <laughs> high school revival. <laughs> I feel sorry for that cast. Yeah. Oh. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, we can just brush past that one we as can. well. I, I love it though. I think it's such a beautiful song. Oh, it's just yeah, yeah. fun. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. fun. And it is a really nice, I know this is petty, but it's a really nice time to show off those costumes again. Yeah, yeah. Because she did such an amazing job yeah. on all of those ensemble costumes. It's just so nice to see them all again. Yeah, exactly. And they won't be drinking soup off our faces. Yes. When yeah, we're that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so then we go into Maison de Lunes. When a man like me is thwarted and denied his honeymoon When the pretty thing he's courted refuses to swoon Then the time has come for a murky plan For which he turns to a murky man To find that fiend where better than At the Maison de Lune So this song has been cut and put back in and cut and put back in many, many times. Yeah. Because it's basically here. So Belle and the Beast, and I this is me making it up. It's giving them time to get changed yeah, into yeah, the yeah. ball gown stuff. Yeah. It, well, he's not in a ball gown. You can tell it's a time filler. Attire. It's a time filler. 100%. Not needed at all. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think the lyrics are really clever. Hmm. You know, as usual with all the – and the music sounds great. Just not needed at no. all. So complete. If there's one filler in this musical, <laughs> it's, it's this, this one. one. And high schools only put it in because they had another year twelve boy. <laughs> <laughs> you can look like a skeleton, and uh... <laughs> he's been doing the plays yeah. from year seven to eleven. <laughs> Has he got a low voice? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a filler song. It's fine. Again, it's not. A t- that's the thing. It's a filler song, but it's not shit. No, it's not shit yeah. at all. So, but boring. It's boring. There's not much to it. They're no. around a table. It's it's nice and dark, so they can get the set ready. And Belle and Beast are frantically getting into their ball gowns and blue jackets. Yeah, you know? yeah. And especially considering the original ball gown was forty five pounds, it's not something you can just kind of <laughs> zip up and run on in. And oh, she's what? got a different wig. <laughs> like, but doesn't it get lowered onto her? Yeah. <laughs> she just puts her arms up yeah. and ta-da. Okay. <laughs> um, but it's different wig and she had gloves and yeah. it, it's a whole sh- shamozzle. And then I'm sure changing the beast when he's got his fur suit on or whatever he was wearing mm, mm. and putting that big jacket with the um, the crest. Is that what the word I'm looking for? Yeah. The, the uh, uh, cravat Cravat thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't remember if he's got pants. Surely he's got pants. Yeah, he's got pants. <laughs> um, it would be difficult <laughs> changing him. So... Yeah. I know – I can't remember if they're on stage for Human again. Are they still up in the library? I can't remember. But obviously yeah. three minutes or however long that – four, nearly five minutes. Obviously it wasn't long enough, so they added another <laughs> two and a half. <laughs> and then – oh, I oh know. We are rating this. What did you rate it? I still think, like I said, I think the music is beautiful, so I gave it a four. I gave it a five for lyrics because they're still clever lyrics. The, and the the staging I thought was a, f- a four, but two, two for contribution. I probably could have been a little bit meaner um, and said one for contribution. However, yeah, make that a one. Make it a one because it's really rubbish. 
It's it is quite. We've, we've I, been I know so I said, kind to this the uh, whole way. Like yeah. it's about time we just go, guys. It's come rubbish. On. Well, don't do that to us. Come on, man. Way to bring the show down. No. <laughs> we want Bell. We want Bell. Yeah, pretty much. So I gave this a three for music. Yep. A three and a half for lyrics, yep. a three and a half for staging, yep. and a one for yeah, contribution. Yeah. <laughs> I was like you. I was like, it's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm generous it with my its scoring. Purpose. But yeah. It fills the time. If that's the purpose, it gets one for doing yeah. its job. Yeah, that's right. I was waiting for a point five from you. <laughs> <laughs> so then we've got the beautiful, the song that always makes me cry Aww. doesn't even matter actually it makes me cry in high schools for very Beauty different reasons but as, as soon as this comes on and they appear on the stairs i'm gone it's beauty in the beast tale as old as time as it can be Barely even friends Then somebody bends Unexpectedly Just a little change Small to say the least Both a little scared Neither one prepared Beauty and the beast. Dance with me. Oh no. Dance with her. Gentle. Gets you every time. I just love it. It is it is beautiful. Yeah. It is such a um Yeah. I I I've Find it hard to believe that someone can write such a beautiful piece of music. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, and be able to tie in so many different things as well with it, um, and using using all these different techniques. But how does he do it? I just I don't know. How do yeah. they do it? You know, it's crazy. Anyway, it's such a beautiful song, and it just it breaks my heart that Howard Ashman never got to mm. see mm. what a phenomenon this film would be, mm. this musical would be. We've had Beauty and the Beast live starring Josh Groban and her. Mm. We've had the film with Emma Watson. It just – this adaptation of this story will just live on. This is Beauty and the Beast. And yeah. – it breaks my heart that he passed away something like four months before the film came out. Mm, it was on the day close, of the parade yeah, yeah. down Times Square. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and he died wearing a t-shirt yes. of Beauty and the Beast. You know, it, <laughs> yeah. it kills me because musically this is stunning, but lyrically to have the poeticism to write a song about your titular characters. But it doesn't – it's not on the nose. Mm. It is not literal. Mm. Subtle. It never references them. 
aside from saying Beauty and the Beast, it's all about, it's a song about getting through differences, mutual understanding, acceptance, mm. understanding, shifting shifts in ourselves as well as each other. And uh, it gives me, it, it just gets me so emotional thinking about it, how someone with such incredible prowess, uh, uh, mm. literacy prowess could pass away so early. Like what have we missed out on? You know, Alan Menken is oh. amazingly still with us yeah, yeah. and has written so much incredible stuff. But what could they have done, continued to do as a duo? What like, would they have done? And Crazy. It As much as Tim Rice has worked into this seamlessly, uh, just imagine having mm. Howard Ashman still around. They're so fortunate though yeah. that they had also done Aladdin first. Yes. Like, that, that, how fortunate is that? Because then yep. they could bring that and it still had that touch of him. Oh, just crazy. Yeah. Yes. And yeah. 100% you hear it in, you know, proud of your boy. Yeah. Oh, it, what a gift. Mm. What a gift. And Beth Fowler does a beautiful rendition She did a great job. Mm. Big shoes to fill with Angela oh. Lansbury's one take. Yes. One take. Yes. And that I think the rawness of the movie version is even more, like, effective. Mm. Like the way that she sings. It's not, it's not perfect in any mm. way. And that sort of draws you closer because, you know, even though everything else is perfect in that song – and her voice is just genuine. Mm. It's not about the vocal, it's about the lyric. Correct. 100%. It helps you focus on that, so yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway. Mm. So we move on to the Mighty Mighty Man song, which is <laughs> the mob song, which I always call <laughs> Kill the Beast, and one day I will lose major trivia points. <laughs> the beast will make off with your children. He'll come after them in the night. He would never. Forget the old man, I say. We kill the beast! Yeah! Until he's dead. He'll come stalking us at night! Send to sacrifice our children to his monstrous appetite! He'll wreak havoc on our village if we let him wander free! So it's time to take some action, boys! It's time to follow me! Through the mist, through the wood, through the darkness and the shadows, it's a nightmare, but it's one exciting ride. Say a prayer, then we're there at the drawbridge of a castle and there's something truly terrible inside. It's a beast, he's got fangs, razor sharp ones, massive paws, killer claws for the beast. Hear him roar, see him bone, but we're not coming home till he's dead. Good and dead, kill the beast! It was great in the film, it's great on stage. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I can say. It's not... I, I like some of the motifs that are used in that uh, that aren't related to, like, just things that you use to build tension and things like that. Like, the <clears throat> almost, you know, the semitone, da, 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 like Jaws. <laughs> that sort of like a hunting, we're hunting. Yeah. It's got that sort of hunt vibe and different things like that that have been put into that song to sort of build the build that anguish and the, the hunting sort of give you that hunting vibe mm. in, the, in the whole song. Also to have Gaston begin down there through the mist, through the Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and build, then to build, get build, up build. to yeah, its yeah. time to, oh, the mm. power that builds there. Oh, it's magic. It's Crazy. magic. It's beautiful. So good. It's so good. You know, it's not good. What? Skipped a song. 
Oh, poop. Because it ain't on the original Broadway cast recording. Because it wasn't in the original, the original Broadway broadca- show. What was it? In 1998, four years after this show opened, Mm. they cast the R&B singer Tony Braxton. of Belle. What? They wanted Tony Braxton because she was at her peak. Yeah, right. It is 1998. Mm. Tony Braxton's the star that we want in Beauty and the Beast. They take her out. They asked her many times, never got a response. As the Beast or? As, <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> so they take her out to dinner, Alan Menken and Tim Rice. Yeah. And Tim Rice gets blasted. And she says... I will play Belle if you write me a new song to go into the show. What the hell? Off his face, Tim Rice agrees. Oh, my God. And forgets all about it. (gasps) A few days later, Tony Braxton's team rings the Disney team and says, we're just following up on the new New song. song. They say to Tim Rice, apparently you said there'd be a new song. 24 hours later, they come up with... A change in me. There's been a change in me. A kind of moving on. Though what I used to be, I still depend on. For now I realize that good can come. was Tony Braxton's version. Here is the version that is now in the show. For in my dark despair I slowly understood my perfect world out there had disappeared for good and Night and day. Wow. Night and day. Yeah. How an R&B singer sings it and how a Broadway singer (laughs) sings it. Night and day. That's crazy. Yeah, Susan Egan never sang this because she had left the show by the time the show 
well, obviously she left the show because Tony Braxton was playing her role. It's such a shame. But the the song was such a hit mm. that it has remained ever since. It's and I can't believe he did that in twenty four hours. Twenty four hours they came up because it was an oh shit. We need a song. That's crazy. Let's write it. And 24 hours later, they had this song. And I must say, of all the songs, if we're mm. going to talk about the one that doesn't quite match, it's probably this one mm. because it is a little bit more poptastic. It does have a chorus, inverted mm. commas, kind of like these palace walls from Aladdin. However, musically, it still flows. Yeah. It just clearly has an end. It's very reminiscent of I Will Always Love You, the Whitney yeah, yeah, Houston yeah, version. I do appreciate That's that funny. the belt is on an I. <laughs> Sounds really nice open belt. And, and no! Yeah, yeah. It's a no, man, uh, Yeah, so this is... Tony Braxton's a great singer. Mm. I was obsessed with that video clip of Unbreak My Heart where yeah, that yeah, sexy yeah. bald man gets killed <laughs> on his motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> but it is – imagine watching the whole show performed like that. Mm. It'd be strange. be as strange as watching the original Annie play Bell. What? And I never thought I'd my childhood dreams, but I don't Still has a, she still has a nice voice. Terrible version. Not suited for this song. Oh, oh she's still Annie. Yeah, she's Andrew still Annie. McArdle never grew out of the Annie voice. She was Annie till the day she's yeah. still alive. <laughs> no, so, <it's> a, anyway. <laughs> curly head, redhead. <laughs> curly redhead, yeah. What did you rate this song? I gave it fat fives. And so did I. <laughs> <laughs> That's and it's so crazy to think that a song that was written in 24 hours <laughs> is a banger. It is an absolute banger. He Every time we get park. to that final end, yeah, 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 and we think we're gonna go into <laughs> "I Always Love You," I never thought it's just it's glorious. It's aerial on the rocks. It's <sighs> it's beautiful. I love it. And just, Despite why, its weird origins. Yeah, and why 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 write that that way? Do you mm. think they went, oh, Brandy, Whitney Houston, let's do it, you know? I think so, because when did the bodyguard come out? So this is nineteen ninety eight. Bodyguard's like ninety six. Sish yeah, yeah. ninety six. I mean like obviously I will always love you as a cover. Let's always remember Dolly Parton wrote it. Ninety three. Ninety three. Ninety three. So I it thought was it was ninety six, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, ninety three. Yeah. Hmm, there you go. 96 feels so much more right to say. Yeah, it does. It? Yeah. 
I have that- no doubt it was influenced by she's an R&B singer. Yeah. So we need something that's going to fit her. If they mm. wrote her home, it wouldn't fit. Yeah. It needed to be something that this was the trick and this is how I think they nailed it. It works for Tony Braxton, but it also works for the show. They haven't yeah. written a song that sounds like we just drop this in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it's crazy. Yeah, isn't it? somehow they've seamlessly worked this song that they drunkenly agreed to. Twenty-four hour, twenty-four hour right. Oh, boom! Yeah. There's the song. That's ridiculous. And it comes at a beautiful moment. It's right before Maurice gets thrown into the the loony truck. Yep. With Belle and the mob song. Gorgeous. Flat fives and the first flat fives of season two. Yes. Amazing. And that is all the songs. We close with a finale with a hideous version of the bell dress. <laughs> Who decided roses were a good idea? <laughs> but there's also the uh, the fight, the battle as well. Oh, yeah, that's the which, battle. But um, it's not really a song. Revival version well, versus well orchestrated the, though. the Broadway version. The revival oh, yeah. version is just kind of like, eh, eh, whereas the Broadway, <laughs> they're in the tower. Whoa, he's hanging them off yeah. the tower and he throws them off the tower. It's so fucking cool. No, it is. It's epic. It's whereas epic. revival is ground floor. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> um, just, I shouldn't say revival. I should say tour. Tour, tour, tour. And I know I am fully cognizant of the fact that tours always have Reduced, yeah. I won't say visuals, but reduced set mm. shouldn't really be reduced costumes. But I, I, I'm aware there is a bit more of a budget for a touring production because they have to keep transporting it around the Correct. country yeah, or yeah. around the world. I think this was a UK and Ireland tour, I think, yeah, which is quite common, but it doesn't stop it being terrible. And mm. that's Beauty in the Beast. What a note to end on. <laughs> so, definitely, definitely yeah, yeah. the highest rating musical. Yep. So far of this season. And I would not hesitate to say probably thinking of what's coming ahead. It's definitely one of, if not the best adaptation. Mm, definitely. In its original form. It's yeah. stunning. Definitely. Absolutely stunning. So clear winner right at the end. A change in me. Written for Tony Braxton, added in four years after the <laughs> show debuted on Broadway. And to this day, still such a banger. Awesome. Thanks well, for having me again. It was so great to have you back. So good. Really, really great. Yeah, yeah. That was thoroughly enjoyable. Yes. And a thoroughly long chat. <laughs> yeah. But I have enjoyed every second of it. Ditto. Thank you so much. All right. So to everyone that has been following along, thank you so much for supporting the show. To our Patreons, thank you, thank you, thank you for giving me uh, financial support for something that I put so much time and effort into. I am super excited to announce the next episode. We will be looking at Frozen the Musical. Ooh. Let it go. Let it go. So... Until next time, stay happy, stay healthy. I'm Stackers. I'm Jenta. Bye. Bye. <laughs>